There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Baskin Robbins always finds out. I for the faster way. Are you Tony's stank? I am Iron Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and I've got the boys back again. We're talking all about the series finale. Well, I guess the episode is titled series finale, but that's a debate whether it is an actual series finale or if it's just following the suit of the... Uh, episode naming nomenclature but first we've got peaches robbie and chris here how are we doing guys sad sad i'm emotional <laughs> i knew this was gonna happen a lot of emotion <laughs> happening right now yeah i want this to be the last episode <laughs> i know that i know that part of the point of the of the show is you know don't cry because it's over smile because it happened but <laughs> i'm not ready to break up with wandavision the thing isn't beautiful because it lasts <laughs> True. What are reruns, if not TV persevering? <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, you, you did some light reading uh, before, or maybe after. I'm not 100% sure, but you did finish that or the, the Wanda comic. Yeah, the Scarlet Vision, uh, or Scarlet Vision, Scarlet Witch, uh, Scarlet Witch comic from 2015. I finished reading it uh, the night before the series finale dropped. Uh, and I need to correct myself because... I, I tried to be really great and and proper and cite the writer and the artist of that series. That's a series that has a different artist for every issue, uh, which is actually really cool. That's probably my favorite thing about that comic, because the, the storyline is something is wrong with witchcraft and Scarlet Witch is traveling the world to try to figure out what's wrong and to try to fix it. And she goes to different countries and meets different magical people from different magic traditions. Like she meets a Japanese wizard. Or Warlock. I forget exactly what he was considered. Uh, she makes an enemy called the Emerald Warlock, who the writer really seems to think like, oh yeah, I'm creating a new arch enemy for the Scarlet Witch. And I don't know if he's done anything since. <laughs> um, he's Irish. Uh, but yeah, so there's a different artist for each issue, which was really cool. I, I really liked the... Uh, uh, the, um, the choice there. Uh, it it led to some interesting visuals, uh, especially when they would get an artist of the uh, from the background of whatever country they're visiting. Like there's a Japanese artist for the Japanese issue, etc. So that was cool. Uh, the interesting thing about this story, the the one thing that will uh, tie into WandaVision really, is that part of the story is that magic always comes with a price, as Rumpelstiltskin once said on Once Upon a Time, and the price that it's uh, tolling on Wanda is that as she uses it, her body is aging. So she's, uh, it's only when she looks in the mirror, but it's by the end, it's actually starting to extract a physical toll on her where she's starting to look outwardly like an old woman. And I had flashes of that when watching the climactic battle in this episode. I was like, okay, I know where they got that. But yeah, no, it's an interesting yeah, it's uh, not my favorite comic story I've ever read. It uh, does a lot of work trying to retcon her parentage yet again. Uh, there's an entire issue that's a Civil War II tie-in where she's just arguing with Pietro. And then they make up 
in the final issue because they have to, I guess. I don't know. But not in the ultimate but, universe version of them making up, right? No, no, okay, no, no, no. Okay. Just, just the regular just kind of sure. making up. No, no, they did not go there. <laughs> so, yeah, but but visually it's a it's a very interesting book and there there are a couple good issues in there. I yeah. muted myself. Robbie, why is that significant enough for that tone in your voice? Oh, do you not know? Okay. I swear we've <laughs> talked about this. And if you block wait, it from your memory, I'm happy for you. Is it a, wait, wait, is it a Luke and Leia in the beginning situation? Yes. Sort of. Worse. Never mind. Sort of, yes. Don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing, my favorite panel ever from the Ultimate Universe is Wasp condescending to Captain America about his judgment of their relationship. Because she thinks, because, or the writer felt that um, the only reason Captain America would think that this isn't okay is because he's old and out of touch, which is really telling on yourself. <laughs> Maybe it's good that the blob ate her. So like I said, we're talking about the series finale, episode nine, directed by Matt Shackman and written by Jack Schaefer. We open right at the end of the last episode. Wanda confronts Agatha in the street as she holds Tommy and Billy hostage. Her magic working just fine outside Agatha's rune circle, Wanda blasts Agatha to free the boys. As she did when her coven put her on trial, Agatha is able to absorb Wanda's magic, saying, taking power from the undeserving is kind of my thing. Like the witches of the coven, Wanda's hand starts to decay. Agatha tells Wanda if she gives up her magic, she'll let her keep Westview. While she talks, Wanda throws a car at Agatha, leaving behind only her boots. Fun little Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I love uh, that. That was a little, little Wizard of Oz thing going on there. And Civil War, too, a lot of people are saying, because she hits Tony Stark with a car from behind as well in the airport fight. What an Easter a egg. Whole car park, whole car park full of cars. I don't know if that it was intentional or not. That's crazy. But definitely the, the Wizard the of Oz Civil things. War foreshadowed WandaVision like this. Yeah, that, that, yeah. when they wrote that scene, like, oh, this is going to be great when they make the TV show uh, where she lives in a neighborhood with Vision and does sitcoms. Civil War is actually just a prequel. Yeah, right? Yeah. To WandaVision. When you think about mm-hmm. it. Uh, listeners, well, if this is your first episode, we are being snarky. We're not this stupid, I promise. <laughs> if this is your first episode, yourself. what a weird place to jump in. <laughs> Agatha tells Wanda if she gives up her magic... She'll let her stay. She'll let her keep Westview. While she talks, Wanda throws a car at Agatha, leaving behind only her boots. I've already read all this. <laughs> the real Vision, still fully white, arrives. Uh, Wanda asks, "Is it really you?" And Vision picks her up and starts crushing her skull in answer. Yeah, they didn't need the, the sound weapon. effects in that yeah. scene. <laughs> Did tough. you get Mountain and the Viper vibes, Eduardo? Yes, I was very scared that. Something yeah. a la Game of Thrones was about I to happen. I did right too, there. and I don't even watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, that was. You can't. You can't do that move anymore in television or movies or anything without me thinking of what happens to Oberyn Martell. And um, I <laughs> just just take that move out of action, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's reserved for just Oberyn Martell. Uh, the Westview Vision is able to rescue her, though. Thankfully. Uh, Wanda apologizes to Westview Vision and tells him she can fix this, but it's their home. Vision responds, then let's fight for it, and attacks White Vision while Wanda p- pursues Agatha. On the sword base, Tyler Hayward watches the two Visions fight and is brought a handcuffed Jimmy Wu. He assures Wu no one will care about sword, about what Sword has done once Wanda Maximoff is eliminated and Vision is restored. 
Wu was taken away, but not before stealing a cell phone, which he uses to call the FBI to Westview after breaking out of his cuffs and another magic trick, which is a magic paperclip. I think so. Do you think that that they were trying to set up to make us hate Tyler Hayward even more by giving him an awful vision pun? I really felt like this episode was like, hey, just in case, just in case the audience doesn't know that Tyler Hayward sucks, we're just gonna really kick him into overdrive this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was so smarmy and bad. Like, I love a bad pun, but that was just like, come on, man, that's the best you can do. You don't even deserve to be a villain. Yeah, that's just way too easy. That's why you go, ugh. That's that's like the lowest hanging fruit. I honestly kind of feel that way about Hayward in general. I think Hayward is just like a. Like, if he wasn't in the show at all, and at some point White Vision just showed up and we said, Sword did this, I'd be fine. Like, Yeah, I agree. He's, like, maybe the most expendable piece of this whole show because it feels like there's no point to him. Yep. And he's more he's a little bit too paint-by-numbers. Like, this show ended up being more paint-by-numbers than we thought it was going to be, but Hayward is, is just a little bit too cliche for this show. Yeah. In downtown Westview, as the citizens mill about, Agatha attacks Wanda and tells her she is written about in the Book of the Damned, The Darkhold. The Darkhold. We said it wasn't going to happen, and yet here we are yep. with The Darkhold. Chris, uh, it was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was yes. on a few, uh, another show. It was. That was news to me when I learned it, so... I'll give you a brief, brief history of the Darkhold. So it is a magical, scary book that is full of evil and stuff. So that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, in the comics, it actually has some stuff to do. I think like werewolves come from the Darkhold and Dracula has been searching for the Darkhold. So if we get Dracula, uh, then I'm excited. We are getting Moon Knight and Moon Knight needs his money. Big nerd. I don't know if you've ever seen that edited panel of... Moon Knight. Dracula, you you big nerd, where's my goddamn money? (laughs) No. That's a whole thing, yeah. That's not from the comics, but enough people have seen it that it almost feels like it is. Uh, It's kind of like the I'm the juggernaut bitch of of Moon Knight, where it's (laughs) mutated from a meme into you actually have to explain to people that it's not real. Hold on. I'm posting it for us. To, sorry, listeners. I just need everybody in our group to see this. He literally said he's walking down some steps into what looks like a like a castle cellar or something. I know you're here, Dracula, you big fucking nerd. Where's my goddamn money? <laughs> anyway, so so if they're setting that up, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so oh, by the way, the fact that this book is so evil and so corrupting that makes the post credit scene a little disconcerting, but we will uh, we can discuss the implications of that later. Um, but I just want to uh, just accentuate the fact that Darkhold equals bad, as you might expect from its scary name. Uh, but its appearance might have some implications about previous Marvel television series. It first appeared in the fourth, and in my opinion, best season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I, I'm going to summarize this as simplified as I can because that season was 22 episodes long, three separate chapters, three separate story arcs. Uh, that one would lead into the next, but they were they called them pods. It was like this: the first part was called Ghost Rider, the second part was called LMD, the third part was called Agents of Hydra. So it was really interesting. But 
it first appeared there were some scientists who found the Darkhold and were trying to use the knowledge they found within it to create matter, to find a way to create matter. And it ended up corrupting them. Uh, then a life model decoy that S.H.I.E.L.D. had read the Darkhold. They needed her to read it so that she could create interdimensional portals like Doctor Strange. And she gained this crazy knowledge, which then she ended up using to help create a simulated, a simulated alternate reality inside of a computer called the framework. And there was a really cool alternate reality uh, story, including the first episode of this. The last arc was called what if, uh, which was a lot of fun because it was one of those things of what if Hydra took over shield and succeeded. And it, it was a really cool arc. Uh, it was last seen when Robbie Reyes, AKA ghost Rider, appeared to take the dark hold back and, lock it away safely in another dimension where people couldn't get it. Then, and I found this out recently and I've not watched this show, but it appeared on the, I believe it was on Hulu, Runaways. And in that show, Morgan Le Fay, who you might know from the uh, British mythology, she was a, a, a sorceress uh, who was like from the times of Merlin and stuff, I believe. Uh, she escaped the dark dimension and found the dark hold and she wanted to use it for her evil plans which i don't know what they are it's fine the runaways eventually were able to get it from her they used it to summon cloak and dagger for a crossover episode uh cloak and dagger they had their own show on freeform another show i didn't watch yeah i totally uh, and forgot they that existed until doing this research <laughs> Yeah, they and they eventually use the dark hold to banish morgan lefay back to the dark dimension so I have seen some people say, oh, this is definitive proof that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not canon because the Darkhold looks different. It has a different cover. Uh, but I say never judge a book by its cover. Have these people seen the reality stone in uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Thor of the Dark World? <laughs> I've seen an equal number of people saying, oh, wow, this proves that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Runaways are canon. Here is my hot take. And someone that I'm a big Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, and as far as I, I would love for it to be considered canon, even though I know there's a big debate about it, it's an unresolved debate, and I don't think this resolves it, uh, because aside from the book look itself looking different, there's nothing that happens in this show that outright contradicts anything that happened on the other shows. You can just say, the Darkhold, Morgan Le Fay had it, the Runaways had it, sometime in between that now and then, Agatha Harkness found the Darkhold. She's super magical, the world got blipped, There, there was plenty of time for that to happen. So... The way it just works out is if you want to consider those other shows canon, great, do it. If you don't, great, don't do it. That's fine. It's all made up anyway. It's all a story. <laughs> it's whatever. Uh, you can very easily write off if this is the kind of thing that bothers you, uh, that the, the book looks different. It's a scary, evil, magical book. It can probably change how it looks if it wants to. And if changing production design renders things non-canon, I, I regret to inform you that Spider-Man Homecoming is not canon because... <laughs> Their apartment looks different than it did in Civil War. Wait, no, no, no. It's the other way around. Civil War is not canon. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. If the new thing supersedes it, that means Civil War is not canon. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Civil War is not canon anymore. Yep. None of it's canon because the Parkers live in a house. So War Machine's not canon because at one point he was Terrence Howard. Yeah. That's true. true. Well, no, so Terrence it's... Howard is in can canon. Yeah. Which I also, I think that's technically true. Well, not <laughs> technically true, but... Terrence Howard would be the one that's not canon, not War Machine. Well, <laughs> my, my point remains. Or Iron Man wouldn't be canon because Terrence 
because Don Cheadle looks different. That's or the Hulk. one. So Iron Man isn't canon. I've actually seen some people try to argue that the Incredible Hulk is not canon. I've seen that too. But then Gen- General Thunderbolt Ross showed up as the Secretary of Defense and right. threw that out the window. Yes. Which is really interesting because he does nothing but just mess up and do dumb stuff that whole movie. And then suddenly he becomes Secretary of Defense. Right. You and find that right. unbelievable. Yeah, well, how is that not realistic? That's exactly, <laughs> how, that's exactly how leadership positions with white old people work. <laughs> he probably just has a damn good golf game. That's all it takes. That's yeah. a good point. But anyway, I just... I, I just pointed at the TV when the Darkhold showed up. I got real excited. <laughs> I have a question on it because you may have thought yes. that with the series finale, our fan theorizing was over, but it's certainly not. Um, <laughs> that book looks like the books from Doctor Strange's library. Do you think we're setting that up? That And I don't think that would contradict anything. I think we can say that this book that was on the Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. was also at one point in the uh, the Ancient Ones library and in the... the Whatever, whichever sanctum that is. It makes is. absolute sense. And in the restricted, restricted section in Doctor Strange, where the books are all chained up, there is one spot that is empty. So it very That's well right. could be, they could decide, hey, that is where the Darkhold was. It got lost sometime, sometime before Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. happened. Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. got it. It changed its form, changed its form here and there, whatever, because mm-hmm. it's a book and it wants, it's an evil. Yeah, and that's what books and it do. wants to do that. Yeah, yeah at one point seen, it had I uh, three different. <laughs> I don't know versions. why I said because it's a book. <laughs> I have three different versions of Lord of the Rings that have different covers, but they're all the same books. So I don't understand yeah. what the problem is here. At one point, the book had an eye in front of it, and then it would take the souls of children to give three witches youth, uh, <gasps> but only if they were virgins. I choose to believe that the spell book in Hocus Pocus is the Darkhold now. <laughs> Oh, definitely. <laughs> and that Agatha Harkness knew Winif- uh, knew Winifred Sanderson and the other Sanderson sisters. Agatha Absolutely. Harkness is basically a Sanderson sister. Did she you see basically how she, like, is. How she like pulls the, the power from the other witches? That's basically what the Sanderson sisters do. Yeah. Her costume's kind of like it. Uh, she sang to, a song. <laughs> to your point about uh, Doctor Strange, it does say in the Darkhold specifically that the Scarlet Witch is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. It is, mm-hmm. it, it's in there. So I'm going to say that that is the same book. I want to, yeah. I want to believe yeah, that that's I, that book. I think yeah. they're going to tie it into Multiverse of Madness, not in a, like a huge way. Like none of us are going to go, Oh my God, it's the same book from the movie that set up this, from the the show that set up this movie. Holy crap. Darkhold confirmed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be connected. Yeah. I also would like to just take this opportunity to say if they bring back Gabriel Luna as Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, I would be very happy. I thought he was he was really good on that show. And I know a lot of people want uh, Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. There's not anything that says you can't do both, but we've gotten several Ghost Rider Johnny Blazes. Why not why not have Robbie Reyes as the right. Ghost Rider? Only if he gets Yeah. <laughs> The uh, I briefly the um, on Agents of Shield they it's implied that Johnny Blaze found Robbie Reyes after an accident and passed the spirit of vengeance onto him and that's what kept him alive and he sort of learns to live with this entity that lives within him uh, so it would be cool they were actually developing a Ghost Rider spinoff for Hulu but then after Marvel Studios took over all of Marvel TV that it's one of the shows that got canceled. 
uh, before it was able to actually get into production. But if that means that they're looking at that and saying, yeah, but let's use Ghost Rider in the movies now. And we've already got Gabriel Luna, who is a film actor in addition to other things. People really liked him. Uh, he even he he tweeted a couple days ago that was pretty funny. It just said, "Okay, wow, hiding it under the mattress apparently wasn't a great idea." Sorry. <laughs> I, I guess I don't understand. There's already a Ghost Rider movie, and it's it's perfect. It's perfect, you say? It's perfect, and it's part of the MCU canon, right? Totes. I feel like that is a movie that Arnaldo. Oh, he's got to cover Ghost Rider. Oh, I th- he might have already. Actually, I gotta look into that. Did he watch both Ghost of Rider them? Too? Uh, Ghost Rider 2 is somehow worse. I don't know how they made a movie worse. <laughs> Which one is the one where he pees fire? <laughs> it's Ghost Rider 2. <laughs> okay. I'm, pu- I'm, I'm going to pull up the uh, episode list of, uh, of Arnaldo's podcast of uh, uh, films from the Phantom Zone. Which, quick plug, I recorded an episode for that a couple days ago. Uh, we're going to be on there talking about Man of Steel. Not a movie I love, so it's uh, it's kind of fun. We have a mutual friend who considers Man of Steel the best superhero movie ever made. I just need you to know that. Is it Arnaldo? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. We have a mutual uh, friend because if we do, I am not no longer friends with this person. Are they? Sorry our... if you're listening, pal. I have to know. And I will tell you, Arnaldo's first two episodes were Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. I just haven't oh. seen them yet because I haven't seen those movies, and I actually I want to watch the movies before I listen to that to those episodes. You'll get you're you're not gonna want to watch the movie as soon as you start watching the movie. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> the first one is very much like um, you are playing a video game that they let your character be extremely overpowered in the first two minutes of the video game. Because he gets into fights with all these different, like, elemental bad guys, and he beats them in, like, two moves. I just watched a YouTube video about that this morning. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I'm way smarter than you. He, like, he fights the wind elemental guy, because all the bad guys are, like, they control different elements. And he, like, fights the wind guy, and they're like, oh, no, how are we going to beat the wind guy? And he starts spinning his chain into a vortex, and he pulls the wind guy into a vortex that sets on fire. So, (laughs) sorry to ruin that for you. But it's really bad. Wow. <laughs> okay. Also, spoiler alert is dead for that movie. You, you've had time. Uh, I don't yeah, know take if you that, can spoil Chris. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it spoiled itself. When Wanda denies being able to cast spells, Agatha awakens Dottie. Dottie tells her that her name is Sarah and asks if her daughter can be part of the show's storyline so she can be let out of her room. Agatha begins waking up more of the residents and they begin confronting Wanda. I back early in the series. I mentioned that I got vibes specifically of the Twilight Zone episode. It's a good life from this show, mm-hmm. and never more strongly than in the Dottie Sarah scene, where she's like, "Can I do this? If if you want this storyline, like very scared, mm-hmm. it is exactly the same vibe as that episode. Yes, the, it is the one where uh, I, I briefly described it, you know, several weeks ago, where." the little boy has power over the entire town and everyone just tries their best to please him so they don't get banished or worse. Expelled. Yeah. But the uh, the sad thing is, like, he's using it as a power over these people and Wanda, it's a little sadder. <laughs> She's... I got Eduardo good with that one. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I just got it. The Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone reference coming in hot. That was the seventh Infinity Stone. The I do what Stone. I can. From Agatha's house, where Monica Rambeau has been kept trapped by fake Pietro, Pietro in his man cave, 
Monica is able to deduce Pietro's real name is Ralph Boner, everyone. <laughs> Ralph Boner. Oh, <laughs> the dick joke Boner. that broke a thousand hearts. <laughs> I think someone's obligated to say that was my nickname in high school, but I don't want it to be me. Why did they call you Ralph? <laughs> Ralph Boner. <laughs> it's because he wasn't very good at it yet. She's able to subdue oh. him <laughs> with his newfound strength and realizes that Agatha is controlling him with a necklace, seeing its magical energy with her new eye set. Look with your special eyes. Yeah, I have a question about that. Do, do we think that, that he is getting 100% of his powers from that necklace? Or do you think that Ralph Boner is a gifted person that is under her control by having the necklace? Like the necklace is just a mind control thing. I think. Did she also give him super speed with the necklace, the magic necklace? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a short debate. (laughs) There will be plenty more to debate about Ralph Boner. Don't you worry. Uh, when Monica rips the necklace off, Ralph is back to normal. Now, uh, Peach, at this point, oh. lots of nerds on the internet, similar to ourselves, became really upset because it turns out that Ralph Boner is not the mutant from the X-Men universe, and it's become clear that they're not merging the Fox X-Men universe with... Uh, the mcu and none of it is happening and all of our theories are wrong and this show's stupid <laughs> if i would have known that i was coming right up i would have shut up for two extra seconds <laughs> not my <laughs> loop it, yeah it's a rough it's a rough thing for me to do to shut up for two additional seconds but okay anyways so i just want to start this off by saying like yeah you're right a lot of people got upset about that um i want to say Latching on to what Robbie said a couple episodes ago, I appreciate that the four of us can come to this space and talk about this work and theorize and have all sorts of crazy things. And we mildly make fun of each other about it sometimes, uh, a la surveillance stork. But it's like none of us get really upset about things when they don't go the way that we've theorized. And I really like that we can come here and come up with these things and just have fun doing it. All that to say, I don't think that people aren't allowed to be upset when something does not happen the way they want it to, especially in film. But I think that like, I I feel like people need to take a step back sometimes and, and realize that, not everything like these people are trying to tell their own story, right? The people that, that, that wrote this directed it, they're trying to tell a story. And at this point in the MCU, I think we should afford them a little bit of trust with the stories they're trying to tell after all of the great stuff they've given us, uh, their full lead up to Endgame and a lot of stuff in between. I, I just don't think it's, it's worth it getting so caught up in anger and and dragging the series down because the things that you thought were going to happen didn't happen. <clears throat> now, I don't want to I don't want to speak ill of anybody that um that felt like this on the internet. I don't want to sound like I'm speaking ill of you, but I can say from my perspective if if I felt like I could write a better story than the WandaVision writers, 
I probably wouldn't have a job as a data analyst. I would probably be trying to get a job writing for TV. And again, not trying to say that my ideas are bad or anyone's ideas are bad. I just think that like people don't afford enough grace to to the show writers. They have a big job to do. They have a lot of things that they want to include and a lot of things they don't want to include in their story. And we have no idea what things that they're including in this story are going to transition into other stories that we're going to get in the future. So I, I don't know, guys, just take a chill pill out there. Like not everything happened that you wanted to happen. Boo hoo. You still got a great series. It's the first season, maybe the only season, but how often, and when you think about all the seasons of television you've ever seen, how many full seasons are a home run? There are almost no full seasons of television out there that are home runs the way this show is. Mm-hmm. There are some. I'm not saying that there are no exceptions. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of some. It's like <laughs> For me, the first one that pops into my head is like season four of Dexter. I really enjoyed season four of Dexter. The killer in the show was, um, the I don't remember his name right now, but he's the guy that voices Lord Farquaad. John Lithgow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, John Lithgow was a great villain. Uh, a lot of the stuff in the sh- in the sh- previous seasons of that show led into season four really well. It was a great season, but not every show is like that. And yeah. considering that this is the premiere season of this show, and you got nine episodes of content, like y- take that for what it is. You know, not not everything is meant to be a masterpiece, and you can still appreciate things even if they're not masterpieces and they don't turn out exactly the way that you thought they would because of the theories you read on the internet you and know it turning out differently than you expect doesn't mean it's a masterpiece too that's actually right. a good exactly. thing to me when my expectations when when something i i don't want to episode two go i know what's happening and they're going to do these things to make me happy and that's going to make this great i want the show to mm-hmm. do what i don't expect yeah, the, yeah a lot of writers kind of follow the the credo that we don't we're not trying to tell you the story that you want to hear. We're telling you the story that you need to hear or that you don't know that you want to hear. That's something we brought up on this podcast. Yeah. Several shows. I don't remember which episode it was, but we brought up the idea. Might've been Endgame. Maybe, but we were talking about, because I think we talked about how Endgame paid off a lot of things that we wanted to see, but they made sure that it fit in emotionally with the story they've been telling. And we talked about some other we pulled out Walt Disney as a strong creator because mm-hmm. what and especially his approach to theme parks was not to give you know focus groups what they said they wanted but to have a sense for what people actually wanted they just didn't realize you know kind of like a great gift giver the best Christmas gift givers like this is what my wife is like she's great at finding something that I didn't know existed that I absolutely want like that's a way better gift than what I do yeah. which is go look on your Amazon list and give you something off your list and that's those are what the best writers do is they give you the story you want, not the story you think you want, but somehow people take that personally. I I, I really don't understand. And I'm kind of curious because prior to our prep for this episode, I had no awareness that there was, as Peach has said, a bunch of people who were mad that the show didn't do what they thought it was going to do. And it's, I'm not doubting you that those exist. I just, I'm not seeing them. The people in my, the people I see at work and the people in my social circle, everyone loved this and i guess where are these people what is their problem i'm i'm seeing i'm seeing a lot of from my social media accounts i'm seeing 
a lot of positive reviews and i'm also seeing a lot of you know that wandavision season finale was just okay and it disappointed me for these reasons but overall i really liked it and you're allowed to have that feeling like i can't tell you you can't be disappointed it just is one of those things or it's like i I, maybe i i have bias because i just don't agree and you can you can easily find this stuff on twitter too uh you can go down some some really bad rabbit holes on twitter of, of hate if you if you look for them Mm-hmm. Um, but those voices might just, they might be small, but loud, you know? Yeah, and it's one of those things where I think it's amplified by having a lot of people say, don't be like this. And you almost see more people yelling about the problem than the problem itself. That's what I'm wondering. Is, is it's one of those ones where more on people are defending too. the attackers than there are actual attackers. Or, or yeah. defending it from the attackers, I should say. Yeah. yeah. And that the, certainly happens. I would say of all the predictions that, that we've seen talked about, whatever theorize ourselves um i i'd say the only one i could have any real grace for being kind of upset about is this evan peters one because they brought him in i said some (laughs) they brought him in they gave him speed powers i mean it it very much was a a bluff but again we don't know what the future holds for this story we, we don't know what they're going to do with this content. We don't know that they won't use Evan Peters again in yeah. a similar capacity. Um, just like this was a story mostly about Wanda, but it also was Monica's origin story as Photon slash Spectrum. This could be a very abbreviated origin story for Evan Peters' character, for Agatha's character, for White Vision, etc. Like, like, just give it time, you know? Yeah, the Evan Peters thing is a perfect example of stuff that we've talked about here where it's, you can't assume you know where the story is going. Right. There was always the possibility that this was just going to be a fun Easter egg casting, yeah. a fun joke. We acknowledged that from the first moment. And I think that we, a lot a lot of people, I, I, I don't want to speak for everyone here, but I think a lot of people kind of came to terms with it's probably just a joke in the previous episode because it's like that would be a lot to fit into the finale when we also have to give an emotionally satisfying conclusion to wanda and vision story then throwing in a multiverse it was like you can't do much more than a post-credits scene to uh, to explain that and that would be a lot to fit in there kind of like how we sort of came to terms with yeah if reed Richards shows up eventually it would be no more than a post credit scene because you can't overshadow that being said, I still th- I, I totally get why some people might feel like they were kind of lied to. I, I've seen reactions ranging from it was wrong of them to not have him be Quicksilver, uh, given that we know that like multiverse stuff is coming up. And and we don't necessarily like we we can make assumptions based on the casting rumors, particularly for the next Spider-Man movie, but but again, we don't hundred percent know exactly where it's going. We feel like we have a good idea, but We've been wrong about many things before. And to I, to all the way, I've seen people saying it was absolutely right that he was not Quicksilver. And I feel like, the, I, I, I at least personally, I was open to it going either way. And up until the uh, episode eight, uh, the uh, previously on, I felt like it could have gone either way. That being said, if the next Doctor Strange movie in the Multiverse of Madness does establish that these previous Marvel films 
each had their own universe. Wouldn't it be fun if this is the long game they're playing? We do meet Peter Maximoff, and Wanda instantly doesn't trust him because he's Ralph. <laughs> I Bowman. would like that would be fun because would she's be fun. she's like you're the fake brother that Agatha made to trick me, and she doesn't trust him. Like, I'm not saying that like, is going I have no to clue who you are, bro. That yeah, would actually like be I am not saying that is going to happen, but I am saying that would be really fun. I would love to see that happen. I'm fine if it doesn't happen. But it would be hilarious if this was really all part of the long game. Because now it's not just she's meeting her brother from an alternate universe. But she's meeting someone who looks just like someone who pretended to be her brother once. And she's going to have major trust issues with that. Right. Major trust issues. And I really like what you just said, which is, I'm going to be fine if that happens. I just, I don't understand why we can't, not we, not we, the four of us. Because I think the four of us are good at this. But we as the collective can't just... Be fine with that if it happens. Why can't... First off, I like being wrong, because that's mean I was surprised. That means I didn't know what was coming. But also, Mm -hmm. as long as the larger story is supported, why does it matter? Why why does it matter? The question should not be, did the story do what I felt like it should do? The question should be, was the story entertaining and convincing? And Mm -hmm. we can debate those merits of WandaVision, although I would argue that, yes, it was. But if you're going to debate me on those merits, that's totally fun. But if you're going to say that the show sucked because he's not actually Quicksilver, then that's, Mm. I'm sorry, that's nonsense. Yeah. And you, like, I I, I have friends who were, who were upset that, who were like, I wish it had gone the other way, but still overall like the show. And and I can buy that. But yeah. And then. To what Peaches said about how we were theorizing on this episode, on these episodes, about these episodes, on this series of podcasts, about these television shows, it's whatever. It's hard. Angela told me I say episode too much. Yeah, we all do. Um, <laughs> I Absolutely. Uh, you go through episode episodes? Episode episodes. God. But to what he was talking about, our theorizing, I think there's kind of two brands. There's a brand I enjoy and there's a brand that I think is a problem. Um, we can call it the Zonai problem, if you will. Um what what we were doing on this episode on these shows these podcasts is we were kind of guessing where are things going where do we think this is going to happen and there was no sort of well i i've i've figured this out i know this for a fact and the show has screwed up and kind of like you said lied to me if my fan theory is incorrect if that stork is not a surveillance apparatus then this show is bogus because it lied to me about that stork that's not how we've handled things. We've been just trying to guess and we've enjoyed the like the guessing of where is this going. And and we got into the weeds and came up with some stuff that was honestly kind of crazy. But I don't think at any point was it this is what the show has to do or else it sucks for me being wrong. That, that wasn't it. It was us just trying to guess and occasionally having some fun with the guessing. And I don't think there was a whole lot of confidence as to what's going on. And that's completely different from this what what a lot of people do instead, which is, well, Luke is just going to come and he's going to take out the first order all on his own with his magic force powers. And that's going to be great. And if the movie doesn't do that, then it's the worst movie that's ever been made. And I will bomb its ratings on, uh, rotten tomatoes. <laughs> and, and Arno, I I'm curious if you have any extra thoughts on this one. Because... Yeah. I was waiting for everybody. You guys all had like, you were very spirited I, yeah, about I... your point. So I just kind of let you guys talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kept seeing you try to talk, and then I remembered when I just did the major joke that you were very passionate about this way that people felt about the ending of How I Met Your Mother. Oh. So I'm curious if this translates for you. Yeah. Um, one, I want to say something that's maybe slightly controversial. A lot of the times, 
and people might be angry about this. Comic books have bad writing. Uh, Wait, and, who's angry? Uh, nerds on the internet. Some writers, maybe. Uh, some writers, maybe. <laughs> A lot of the times, comic books have bad writing. And we as comic book fans give them passes a lot of the time because we just want to see cool stuff and we're like excited about the crossovers and we're doing all this stuff. The MCU does not want to do bad writing, but they also want to have the fun crossovers. And so it becomes much more difficult. Like if they just sort of shoehorned in the MCU and mutants and Dr. Strange and Reed Richards into the show, even though we were all jazzed about it and had fun theories and thought some things might be cool, would it feel ham-fisted and would some of the writing uh, need to take lots of leaps to make a lot of things make sense? Yes. And so once you start to like picture what the MCU is, the MCU is trying to take a lot of the fun stuff of comic books and also write them well. I'm really sorry to any comic book writers out there, specifically Chris, who has written a comic book. I've read that comic book. A lot of comics just... <laughs> They do really outlandish things just for the sake, for the spectacle, right? And they, they go from zero to 100 really quick, and they do all this fun stuff. And we like that because we're comic fans, but we all have to remember that the MCU isn't just for us. The MCU is for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good take. I mean, I, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I'd agree 100% and say that like comic book writers are bad i would just say that the medium is so different that you don't expect dialogue and writing the same way well i didn't say i'm not saying all comic book writers are bad i'm saying that regularly i i think i would say with would say with confidence that there are comic books that are written poorly Mm -hmm. but feeding that into another point is that if the MCU did jump into things the way that comic books do so that the fans can get the crossovers they wanted and the things that they said that they wanted. The thing that Robbie said last week about utility episodes, how many utility episodes of everything would we need to have to make everything make sense? A lot. You know, like a lot. That's all that you would have is you would have, Hey, please watch this one hour special on why this next thing's going to make sense. Seven and also that's everywhere. Yeah, it sounds like comic books to me. Hey, uh, to understand what's happening here, you need to read this issue over here. And then they went yeah. over and did it over on this issue. You can't just read these in order. No, you got to go here, here. You, get, you have this like diagram that you have to go to where you have to read all of these yeah, in a zigzag. How to do it chronologically and then read them in chronological order. And now, yes. and now we're stop it. And now we're starting to sound like Magic the Gathering buying Magic the Gathering cards. Right. <laughs> so, it's a money scheme. Well, and like. I think it's for the good of comics that they are streamlined isn't the correct word, but I think focus focusing these stories um, is, is for the betterment of comics in general. And what is the MCU? If not comics persevering two of those. (laughs) No, but I think the MCU does a really good job of sort of focusing all of this kind of stuff in, in, um, in a, in, in a more eloquent way that I think, some of the uh, let's take a, another analogy. You guys play video games, right? No. What's a yes. video game? <laughs> so <laughs> let's take a video game we all play. Let's take Super Smash Brothers, right? So Super yeah. Smash Brothers is a game where people are constantly saying things should happen in the game. This character is too strong because of this. This character is too weak because of that. Blah blah blah. Here's what you it should do about bit. this. Here's what you should do about that. 
if the developers listened to everything you said of what they should do, the game would be bananas because we are a collective mind. And just because we think something is good doesn't mean it's actually good. Yeah, I was on the Legend of Zelda Reddit the other day as someone was talking about what they wanted to see in the Ocarina of Time remake. They were saying they don't want a port. They want a remake of Ocarina of Time. And then all these, like, the whole thread was people just shoving in what they right. think needs to be put in Ocarina of Time. Like, make it look like Unreal Tournament. And just all this stuff. Yes, that's the face I made. <laughs> make it look like Wind Waker and make and them what, cry. And, and I ended up just inserting myself, which I never do on Reddit. I'm a lurker. I ended up just inserting myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are just making an entirely new game, which is totally fine. Like, investing capital in new games. But first off, this is not Ocarina of Time. Second, this also isn't a Zelda game. So you don't like Zelda games. I don't know why you're on this Reddit. I, it they was just, want Dark Souls. But, and it was the same thing. This game that these non-developers are coming up with also would be absolutely a convoluted, overstuffed mess of different ideas that don't go together. It, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't want us to come off, by, and I know none of us are saying this, but for the listener, the random new listener that doesn't know us, we're not saying that fans can't have good ideas. Correct. Okay, none yeah. of us are saying that fans can't have good ideas. But we and are saying... corollary is also, we're not saying that fans can't tell when a TV show or movie has been poorly written. Yes, or, right. or something. Absolutely. But we are yeah. saying that there is a reason in media, games, etc., stories, characters, whatever it is, there's a reason that things unfold the way they do usually, and it might be worth hearing it out to see why that decision was made. Mm-hmm. Well, right, like, try to remove, if you if you are like this, and it's okay if you are, if you're not, but if you are upset because your theories didn't kind of pan out, try to remove that and try to judge WandaVision on its own, and if you still didn't like it, that's okay. Do that also for The Last Jedi. I love The Last Jedi. He I tried to do it for Rise of Skywalker, but... <laughs> no, I also tried to do it for Rise of Skywalker, and it just doesn't... Uh... Listen, you were excited when you walked out of that theory. I remember you. Theater, not I, theory. I, I remember, and I've watched it several times since, and I like it less and less I have not rewatched it since. <laughs> See? Hold on to that. Hold on to that. <laughs> yes. Hate. <laughs> While the visions See, continue, we don't like things sometimes. <laughs> while the visions continue to fight in the skies, Billy realizes Wanda is in trouble and leaves with Tommy to help. The awakened Westview residents start begging Wanda for freedom. Wanda insists they have a safe and happy life, but Norm insists they don't get to sleep and have her nightmares. Oh, that's that's so scary. Mrs. Just Hart tells her, "If you won't let us go, then please just let us die." Nah. <laughs> My feelings on twenty twenty. In a panic, Wanda loses control of her powers and starts force choking the residents before realizing what's happening, stopping the attack and promising to free them. When Agatha reminds her heroes don't torture people, Wanda begins to break up the hex and tells the Westview residents to run. They do. As the hex opens up, Sword rolls in. The hex breaking down causes Vision, Tommy, and Billy to start painfully disintegrating. Wanda restores the hex to save her family. Agatha attacks again, and Wanda makes a force field to protect them. But Agnes uses it to siphon more of Wanda's magic, aging her further. Sword and White Vision arrive, and the Maximoff family stands ready to fight together. And then we get a really cool fight scene, and Robbie, take it away. Yeah, um, I'm not going to steal too much of Peach's thunder, because there's a particular important part of this fight scene that he's going to go off on later. 
um, when we get to that, uh, I will just agree with him that it's great. But the entire climactic battle here is fantastic for the reasons that we're going to get into oh, in detail. So and also... <laughs> um, but, so, as this show started unfolding, we really, really got into starting to think, yeah, this is this is some Twilight Zone and some Twin Peaks shit here, and started to kind of take it off the rails that it was on, which is, again, we just already uh, litigated this conversation to death. It's fine, as long as you're willing to release that when it, you know, let that go uh, when it doesn't happen. So in the end, this did end up being, it had a great setup, but it ended up by, in the end, being somewhat of just a traditional Marvel superhero story. It ended up being not that complicated, ended up being a little bit uh, what you would expect if you were thinking Occam's Razor style, which is really what you should probably have been doing. And then it get ends up having, you know, the, the big fight scene where the good guys and the bad guys are all in one place, uh, like you expect from the MCU. And that's not a criticism. I think that's great. I think it was nice that that's, it's cool that we got something a little bit different from the MCU, but this is still superheroes and this is still comic books on screen and having a fight scene at the end was great. However, however, they also made it while it was this cliche, you know, all right, the Incredibles are going to fight, uh, fight the robot. Now, while they had this cliche, they also made it different at the same time in ways that I think were really, 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 really smart. Um, the two visions have a big show-stopping battle over the skies and across Westview that is visually stunning, but then it ends up being settled with philosophy, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the the two boys uh, get to show off their powers, but then um, we don't really see people shoot at child superheroes very often, and then they're rescued by another superhero um, jumping in. So we got that cool moment. I really did think it was fun and like a fist pump when, you know, Wanda says, your father and I never talked to you about this, but you were made for this. And then boys handle the military. Like, that's cool. That's the kind of fun yeah, stuff like that happens that. in superhero movies. Um, and then the bad guy is stopped by Cat uh, Dennings in an ice cream truck. Like, that's that's unique and interesting. Um, but then also, I just thought the Wanda fight was one of, the Wanda versus Agatha fight was one of my favorite um sequences in the history of the mcu it is interesting and fun and we've spent nine episodes now trying to figure out what's going to happen how are we going to handle this how is this going to be wrapped up where is this going and yet in that fight i don't know if you guys um are are with me on this i didn't know what was going to happen i didn't know mm -hmm. is wanda just gonna it's gonna end up that wanda is overpowered and wanda can take her out the solution to beating Agnes was so clever. And yes, it ended up being heavy handed because of the previously on uh, cut. But it was so clever because like, you just think she's missing with her little casts of magic. Mm -hmm. And then not only was it a the using the runes a great way to defeat Agnes that she had previously condescended about. But just talking about music and cinematography and how that moment was revealed was so freaking cool. Uh, watching Wanda just helplessly hovering in air and then start to to heal herself and, and de-age. And you're wondering, okay, what's going on? What, what has Wanda figured out? And then the way that the Wanda vision, and that was probably the outside of the ending credits. This is the kind of thing you'll know, Soundlord. That was probably the first in 
show full statement, like grand statement of the WandaVision theme, I think. Well, no, uh, no, no. When she's used, creating Westview. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it was used some when she first stepped out of the hex yeah. to confront sword. And, and so it's been used a couple places, but this was like the biggest right. statement of it. Also, this is the first time that I can think of it was stated as a hero theme. Um, it's yes. been mystery and scary, and this time it was, this is the hero's theme, and then it pans and you see the hex, and the, the hex starts to, to feel, yes, right. I didn't, uh, I didn't think I, I like, almost teared up watching yes. it again today. I didn't think like, this series was, right, I rewound and watched it again a couple times on my rewatch, um, just to really take it in. I didn't think this series was going to have the Goosebumps hero moment. I'm not going to put it on the level, of, quite on the level of, like, Portals. But this was oh, the yeah. MCU doing a it's it portals best hero moment. Um, so I, I just so earned not even over the course of the series, but all the way back to Age yes. of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Like oh, mm-hmm. so good. Well, and also thinking, so you bring it all the way back to Age of Ultron. This is also you're right. It's earned, and Wanda's whole arc leads to this moment of, you know, she didn't start as a hero. She was a villain in her first movie, just like she was in the comics. Um, mm-hmm. she has struggled a bit. She tries to be a hero in Civil War, but screws up. Um, and then is kind of not a hero eventually in that movie because she's not actually out to help Captain America go save the Winter Soldier. She's just out to rebel against Tony Stark for locking him or locking her in her room. Um, for, for calling her a danger. She's mm-hmm. struggled to get to this point. And now here she is. She's not necessarily doing it on purpose, but she's enslaving an entire town in New Jersey. And then Agatha tells her, if you're a hero, prove it. And Wanda proves it. She goes and does the hero thing. Um, It's still something she struggles with, but it's cool and it's earned and it's exciting and it's fantastic. And then another great moment was I loved Age of Ultron used that like horror movie frame jump movement for Wanda, which I thought was so Uh cool. And to call that back when she waits for Agnes to get distracted and then does the little creepy move to act. That was so, so God, I was happy they I did that. It. That was so I liked cool. that a lot. Yeah. That it was cool to see it again. Oh. Yes. Um, so I, I, I guess this is, I think one of the best, uh, fist punching finale portions of an MCU, uh, product. I don't think it's the best. It doesn't top the end game final fight. But it's probably right on par with just about everything else. And that's not something I expected. So again, the show kind of subverted my expectations. In a way, it subverted those expectations by doing what the MCU is good at instead of something that different. But there was enough cleverness and cliche. And we'll leave the vision part again, because I think that's going to be better talked about in a little bit. But that's part of it as well. Um, I don't know if y'all disagree, but I just thought this was... I, I was... I can't believe that you can come away disappointed with how excellent this show handled its climax of superheroes. A lot of people, I think, expected, oh yeah, it's going to be weird, and then the final episode is going to be just a big Marvel fight ending like it always is. And they were right. It was weird, and then it turned into a big Marvel fight at the end. But the fact that it was such a well-executed Marvel fight scene, like it wasn't just CGI punching. There was plenty of CGI punching. But every, it was a great action sequence in the sense that I could follow what the characters were doing, mm-hmm. understood the decisions they made. The resolutions of both fights were the Vision versus Vision, 
and the Wanda versus Agatha, they were resolved in really character-specific ways. It wasn't just, I overpowered you with my vision powers, I overpowered you with my magic. Right. And the Scarlet Witch. Yes. Fear me. There, there was a little bit of that, but much more, it was, especially, with, I'll, I'll leave visions alone for a bit, because I know we're going to have a long talk just about that scene. But I love Wanda embracing her witchness. Mm-hmm. Not ten minutes before this, she says, I'm not a witch. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. And I'm not a witch. I'm not a witch. I am the Scarlet Witch. You scared? You should be. And 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 talk about the theme real quick. What I love about it is that this is a heroic statement of it, but it does retain just a little bit of that yes. mystery, a little bit of that, like, she's a great hero. Like, she wants to be a hero, but you should be afraid of her, too. She is scary. Uh, and, and there's still a little bit of that in that theme, and... If I do not hear this theme in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I will be sorely disappointed. I know Arnaldo is concerned about that because Danny Elfman is doing it, and he's still a little salty about how Danny Elfman kind of ignored all of the Hans Zimmer themes in when he did Justice League. What's this? What, What's this? There's <laughs> everywhere. Um, and and what's, what's really great is the fact that she wins... Something that Agatha taught her. So Agatha does get to be her mentor in the MCU, just not in the way any of us anticipated. I think the only thing I disagree with with what you said, Robbie, is that I don't think it and I don't think the end result is that it ends up being a more typical story than we expect. Because isn't that the point of a show that centers around mystery? Is that you spend a lot of episodes not really understanding what's going on, and by the end you do have an understanding. So like yeah, by the end, if you just watch the last couple episodes, like with, well, okay, if you watch the last couple episodes and you have all of the knowledge of the previous ones, of course, it's going to feel more like a traditional story because you have all the information that you were confused about for the first seven episodes. So I don't, I, I like, I like everything you said, but I don't think that the, you can boil it down to, it turns out to be the sto- like a simple story that we all expected sort of thing. Well, okay, I don't think it's... we definitely didn't expect it. I don't think it's the simple story we all expected. Part of that is, I think, and maybe this was intentional, that's one of the things I want to kind of go back and figure out is they, we all were thinking, way overthinking the show, but one of the things I'm not sure of, is that us or is that they led us to do that? I kind of feel, I think I agree with you, and I kind of feel like it was the latter, but I'm not sure... I think it's both because it's a mystery show, right? Like we were all trying to figure out what the what it was, like what was the underlying story. And some of those things were right under our nose. And some of those things were misdirects by by Marvel. The the Evan Peters thing being a misdirect, possibly uh, the Dottie thing being a misdirect, possibly stuff like that all along the way. I mean, episode two, Agatha's like Dottie's the key to all of this. And then we went on that that trail of Dottie's name wasn't right. on the wall and Dottie hasn't been in any of these episodes. And then Chris mentioned earlier that her full name was revealed in the credits and her full name is Sarah Proctor. And Sarah Proctor was an actual person in Salem accused of being a witch in the Salem witch trials, which makes it even weirder. Cause by the end we know that she is probably just a citizen of Westview, but is she, right. but isn't she? I don't know. It's still mysterious to me. Well, yes. you said that she was put in jail and never tried. 
Yeah, so the article that I read about her when you brought that up was somebody accused her of seeing apparitions of Sarah Proctor in their dreams. And in the dreams, Sarah Proctor would pinch this person and scratch at this person and try to get this person to write things into like the book of the devil or something. So that person went to the trial, spoke all those things. They put Sarah Proctor in prison but then she was never actually tried and they let her go. So like, so, so they t- thought about accusing her of being a witch and then nothing came of it. Much like with Duck. I see what you just did there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That makes the name even more clever. I say that's what it is. <laughs> Let's just go with oh, that. Oh man. I like or that. Or it's someone at Marvel having some fun going, you know, they're going to think she's a witch. Let's, uh, let's just do this. Well, and so, Sound Lord, I want you to weigh in, and Eduardo as well. I don't think we're necessarily going to get the answer unless the writers come out and tell us, like, yeah, this is what we wanted you to do. Like, were we overthinking this because we overthought it, or were we overthinking this because we were intentionally led to overthink this show? And again, just to be clear, Peach, I am not criticizing this. That's just where it ended up no, going. No, 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 I know. It's just, it's just the... I just, I felt a little bit differently in regards to the, like, felt more like a cookie cutter thing, because you weren't the only one that said something similar to that. Like, our friend Patrick in the group chat also said mm-hmm. a similar thing like that, and I just I just don't agree with that statement as much. Yeah, I kind of scoff at that sentiment, mostly because, one, if you're not here for superheroes fighting at some point mm-hmm. during your Marvel show or thing why are you here like i i understand that the the want for like other kind of stuff like that but that's not like this is what the mcu is you know what you signed up for and it's not like they didn't also do a bunch of cool and interesting stuff yes they just also had a a big fight episode like they did both and i think i'm okay with that because that's one what i expected and two kind of what i want i want to see that kind of stuff but it's also cool to see all the other fun stuff they did like entire episodes that were just sitcoms and dialogue where no action took place in fact most of these episodes no action took place at all i just heard eduardo admitting that he really liked the episodes that were just sitcoms i really liked that they (laughs) went for it with those (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just think it's okay to want them to do other fun stuff and then them do that fun stuff and then still do some cool Marvel stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay for all of that to exist in the same space. And I don't think the show is worse for it. I, I agree. Uh, I've, I think I've said what I, what I need to say about this. Um, yeah. I said what he needed to say. That's all I have to say about that. White Vision attacks Westview Vision again, taking them to a library. When White Vision says his directive is to destroy the Vision, Westview Vision says, I'm not the real Vision, only a conditional Vision. White Vision suddenly stops his attack and requests elaboration. Wanda tells Tommy and Billy to take out Sword and attacks Agatha. Billy freezes the Sword agents with his mind, while Tommy uses his speed to disarm them. I I wish that they had shot that the way they do the Fox Quicksilver scenes. Because that was very much Fox Quicksilver. I'm going to run and steal everyone's stuff and move stuff around and confuse them. And it would have been, uh, that would have been fun because I really enjoy those scenes. <laughs> that would have made people even more mad that Evan right. wasn't the one doing it. You're right. <laughs> Tyler Hayward steps out of his vehicle and literally points a handgun at children and points the trigger. 
in case Fuck you weren't guy. certain if he was a villain. Yeah. Before the bullets can hit their target, Monica arrives and is able to step in their path, turning her body into an energy that absorbs and slows down the bullets. Okay. I had a thing, and I text Peaches about this. Does this not remind you of Vision's phasing ability? Yeah. Mostly it reminded me of the ballistic gel on Mythbusters that they use for weapons, though. (laughs) Was it not (laughs) the same color as Vision's phasing ability? Yeah. So I thought about this, too, a lot since you texted me that. And I don't know if this is that different enough that it's not just a synonym. But I feel like even though it looked like phasing, it was the bullet going through her like it would go through a human that a bullet was shot at, but the energy powers that she has kind of protecting her body and transferring that energy out the back end. Is that just a synonym? I don't know. Like, is that like just 0.01% different enough? Don't. Okay. I said the back end. Ha ha. The bullet came out her butt, everybody. (laughs) It Um, didn't. You know where it came out. Her literal back. We pulled this up. And and while I think it is similar, and I'm going off of sort of the comics here, and, and it very well could be different. Vision's powers are that he can change his density. I think that hers is more that she's you like using light. Like I don't know if she's like transforming herself into light energy, but that would be functionally the same. But uh, you know, like in the end, like I can turn intangible, just like Vision. So it's the same, but I think it's more, she now has like light-based powers, energy-based powers. She can see these energy fields, and I think it comes from passing through the big wall of TV static. It's transformed into something that can um, use light in that way. But but yeah, no, it is definitely similar to, to Vision. We all know if you shoot a gun at a TV, it goes right through it unharming the t- or not harming the tv and falling out the butt end of the tv oh no but if you shoot it through a beam of light it will true i i i gotta say this just sort of a quick i would i get that this is wanda's episode visions episode definitely i would have liked for her to have done a little bit more uh, especially when the only thing she does is throw her body in front of a couple bullets i just yeah i'm a little disappointed it, in how little photon we got but like not not really hurting the show too much. Yeah, and I know we will get like a full photon spectrum reveal in Captain Marvel two or Secret Invasion, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I know I've seen a couple people comment on sort of the optics of that as well. That the one major African American character jumps in front of some bullets, and and that's her big moment. And you know, I, I I I can't really speak too much on that, but I know that that you know, not enough to like ruin the episode. Like I read this, it was in a very positive review, but the author of that review was like, and the optics of this not so great. And you know, so I so that's an interesting perspective I hadn't thought of because I'm a white dude. But yeah, I would I wish she had gotten like a little something a little fancier to do. Yeah, so just yeah, I'll agree. That. Not so much that it's like now now it's the focus on her. Because she body slammed Boner to the ground. And that was true. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't elaborate. <laughs> this went in an interesting direction. <laughs> All I'm saying about uh, Monica's powers now that we're back to me is that one, it has the same color, and two, she got her 
powers from the force field or from the the field that Mon- that Wanda puts out there, which we all know is from being amplified by her uh, her Mind Stone like powers. So that stands the reason that there is a correlation there. That doesn't have to be exactly the same. Also, oh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I was just thinking about oh, it yeah. from a maybe it's not phasing standpoint. Yeah. I, it could very well be they gave her phasing. Also, tangentially to this, this now so establishes that Mona, that Monica, that Wanda can also just create powerful superheroes. Like, that's extreme. <laughs> yes, more mutants. Well, so does that work with everyone? <laughs> no idea. That entered? Because wouldn't would that count for like Darcy and all of the residents and all of those? Darcy, like, they, I wonder you have to about go so multiple times. Yeah. I, How I does know. this work? These are the mutants. No, 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 no. These are the mutants. Come. These are where all the mutants came from. All Westview, New Jersey, is the foundation of mutants because of the hex. So these are all now the mutants. Right, yes. Right. Yes. More mutants. <laughs> Uh, and this is confirmed. This is confirmed, and it's. I'm excited to see our first mutant movie in West Virginia. Why do this to me, <laughs> There's obviously this no to uh, doubt to be had with this fan theory. God, there's already <laughs> three articles written on it. I'm definitively. Going, I am going straight to Den of Geek. Obviously, this is what it means. <laughs> When I write about this, you, it will be a series of pictures across 20 different pages. You'll have to click on an arrow button twice to get to each successive sentence. But you won't get to the final one because on page 13, there's going to be a, your computer's <laughs> infected with a virus. Click here. His gun empty, Hayward tries to drive away, but is T-boned by Darcy Lewis in an ice cream truck telling him, have fun in prison. Westview Vision brings up the ship of Theseus' philosophical questions to White Vision, comparing the two of them to the ship. White Vision agrees he is not the true ship of Theseus, the original Vision, as he lacks the Mind Stone. Westview says he's no, uh, he has no original Vision material, so he is also not the true ship. Thus, neither of them are the Vision to be destroyed. Westview reasons the proverbial original wood to restore the true ship or the memories of the true vision's life and touches white vision to reapply his memories to the physical real world body. Saying, I am vision, white vision flies out of the library and leaves Westview. Peach, this fight's cool. Yeah, it is. I This whole scene between the two of them, or okay, this the culmination of all the scenes between the two of them, I should say, is is probably like Robbie said up there with my favorite fights in the MCU because first they fight physically and any time that vision fights in any MCU work, I think it's really cool. I just like watching phasing powers work in a large scale battle. I think it's cool to watch him phase through certain things, you know, when they're phasing through each other, grabbing the leg on his way, phasing, Mm -hmm. you know, regular vision, phasing through white vision and then grabbing his leg and tossing him and like, the back and forth that they go is just really cool. But then to end that in a library with two Android characters, synthesoid characters having a philosophical paradox discussion is just like at a level of nerd and unexpected that I, I like, Whoa, this is cool. This is happening. This doesn't happen in really anything else that involves this much action on top of it being really cool though. I think going back to what 
Chris brought up last week about the differences between the OG vision and the John Byrne vision are really highlighted here because you've got Westview's vision, which is basically the same as the vision that we know from the previous entries in the MCU, just without all of his memories, because he doesn't remember being an Avenger and some, some stuff like that. But he definitely has a much more human side to him. Whereas the white vision before he gets, um, you know, his memories unlocked, he is very robotic. He is very process oriented. You know, he doesn't say, wait, explain. He says, I require elaboration Mm -hmm. or I request elaboration. Like he is very much what it sounded like John Byrne tried to turn vision into. And what ends up happening, thankfully, I think all of us probably are happy about this is that the more human version of Vision, the one that most of us probably care more about, gets through to this more robotic version by tricking him with a paradox. And I shouldn't really say tricking him because it's not really a trick. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. But the white Vision would not have come up with this. This is something that because Vision has a more human side, he can think critically in a different way than just a machine can and say look, you're trying to kill me, but you are me. Like, we are each other. We're the same thing. Let me show you why. Um, and I just think that that's really unique. I, I don't I don't expect that we'll see anything like this ever again, which is good because it, it, can, it keeps it unique. But I just enjoyed seeing something like this where a fight ends in an actual, like, mental debate. Yeah. Another interesting thing, though, that I just want to add real quick, which I don't think, if, if any of us realized this, we didn't say it or or whatever, but it's been, you know, over a week now since we knew that White Vision existed. Um, But it turns out Wanda can reanimate the dead because the missile that had all of her powers attached to it was brought out and was the only thing that successfully revived the Vision in the real world. Somehow that magic was able to leave Westview, stick around, and inhabit a body that could stick around outside of Westview. So it turns out she can reanimate the dead as long as the dead thing was previously powered by a Mind Stone and was her human synthesoid deceased boyfriend. Maybe. I don't know. She might be able to power other things. But I just, I don't know how to feel about that. I can't really articulate it because it's weird that the one she created inside the Hex, including her children, cannot leave the Hex. But her power, as long as it made it out of the hex while it wasn't attached to a thing could then attach to a thing and become real does that make any sense yeah and what i just said and i found myself wondering why she can't just make another puppet and and just make a instead of making a full hex make a vision shaped moving field around that puppet and yeah and the field is exactly the dimensions of vision's body yeah (laughs) I mean, I, I have to assume that that's moot because I have to assume that what we have now is after some robotic soul searching, Vision is himself again, just without the Mind Stone and is back in the MCU. And um, Yeah, I'm curious how what they do with White Vision now. Yeah, and this I, is- I, want them, I want them to keep the more human version mm-hmm. of him, but it will be interesting if, although in the battle, the mental gymnastics between the two of them the more human vision wins, it seems like, because of the ending, that the one we're going to keep getting in the MCU, if we get more Paul Bettany vision, 
is the more robotic one. So will he slowly transition to being more human again? Or will John Byrne win this round? No, better not. And no, I, I doubt John Byrne wins. And to your point, another part, I always liked Vision, but I like Vision because he's cool, and I like that they brought yet another Avenger and put them in the movies. But this show made that moment where he unlocks White Vision's memories. Through the course of this show, that has now made me get emotional about that scene. Not only every, everything you said is correct, and I was going to say it if you didn't, so I'm kind of glad someone else did so that I could drink some water instead of do all the talking, but I was going to be talking about the the vision confrontation because you're right. It's great. It's great that this superhero fight that we knew was coming and we got all the cool beam struggles and the punching and the phasing and the explosions. It's great that it ended up just being a philosophical debate in the library as our solution. That's it's so, so cool. But then also, <laughs> also so that moment where he unlocks his memories and this feeling of, Oh my God, we're actually going to get vision back. Not this projection inside of a hex. I found myself actually getting emotional about that because of how much this show has made me care about Vision. It kind of has a Gamora feel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we yes. lost Gamora. We're getting Gamora back because of the other timeline that she came from, perhaps. But she doesn't. She needs Star Lord in the nuts. Yeah. When they met up, like, is it going to be the same person? Are we going to like that character as much? How yeah. how differently is Zoe Saldana going to right. play that? Same thing with White Vision. How differently is he going to be played? Right. Are we still going to like him? I think we will. But I hope they, I really hope they don't go full, I'm a robot, beepity boop. What this show did that I think was brilliant is a lot of people were afraid that they were just going to merge the two visions and we would have a happy ending right. with one Vision walk off in the sunset. And what they did was they set up not only that there might eventually be happiness they set up some um, some potential interesting story and drama before right. we get to that point, but it let this episode breathe and it gave it a closure and Wanda finally getting to, I don't want to say move on because move on is not correct. You never move on from grief, but a way she got the closure that she needs to live with her grief. Right now. Do, do I think that means that we're not getting vision again? No, they, they set it up, but they, they did it in such a way that did not rob the emotional climax of this yeah, it, finale. It's basically its the perfect power. solution. And well, Wanda didn't see him leave either. Did exactly. You? She doesn't know. Nope, she doesn't know he's out there. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but White Vision refers to Vision as the Vision until he gets his mind unlocked and he says, I am Vision, and he flies away, right? I believe you're correct, yes. And I want to say, because I think Angela said that Paul Bettany is credited as Vision and The Vision in the credits. Interesting. I thought he said, I am The Vision, but I could be wrong. I I, I, I thought, and I'll have to go back and look now, but I thought when yeah. I watched it, I was trying to pay attention. And he goes, I am Vision, and he leaves. Hmm. But I, I could be, I, I maybe I'm remembering it backwards. I don't know. Listen, I'm going to end up watching this whole thing yeah. again. Like, soon. Oh, yeah. I watched the first four episodes again last night. <laughs> I also yeah. particularly loved using Ship of Theseus as the philosophical conversation for them to have. It, it mm-hmm. fits perfectly. It's a thought experiment that I'm a big fan of. A part of that comes from my childhood. My father would always talk to me about this same paradox, although he always parsed it as George Washington's axe. And this was a conversation he would have make me have with him 
a lot growing up. My father is way more philosophical than I am, and he forced me to have <laughs> philosophical conversations with him. Um, but it was so George trolley. <laughs> so it was George Washington's <laughs> axe. It's it was you know we have George Washington's axe, but uh, this is we we replaced the handle and we replaced the axe head. But it's George Washington's axe, and then he would have me go down sort of the same roads that the visions do in this of is that actually still George Washington's act? What if you managed to get back the original things, put them together, but it's not the museum display George Washington's act, but is it George Washington's acts? Um, if you somehow managed to repair the wood. Uh, and so it, when they were having this conversation, I was in my head or like under my breath, my wife not understanding what I'm saying, George Washington's acts. It's George Washington's acts. I was not aware of the ship of Theseus until I was in college. Um, that said, fuck Theseus. Um, Ugh, just, he sucks. Yes, you, uh 90 everybody go play the game hades everyone play hades so that you can hate theseus just as much as i do as soon as they said the name theseus i was angry as soon as they said it i was mad (laughs) he's such a jerk i hate him um but uh yeah no this was fantastic thank you for bringing it up peach oh you know one of the uh scarlet witch comics that i read uh this past week uh wanda meets the minotaur oh better than theseus only only it turns out it's not actually the minotaur it's uh an actual marvel villain who is a guy who got turned into a bull and his actual given name was like taurus bull or something like that ridiculously on the nose that reminds me of something (laughs) i wanted to say earlier which is only now tangentially related in the venture brothers there is a villain called manotaur uh he's ridiculous um but also we were talking about shows where have multiple seasons where every episode is a home run. Everyone go watch Venture Brothers because it has multiple okay. seasons where every episode is a third home run. That said, it also kind of gets to Peach's point. It does that by, or did that, by only releasing 13 episodes every two or three years. It's much easier to produce high quality in that environment. Mm. Wanda confronts Agatha before attacking disappears. While Agatha watches Westview Vision reunite with the boys, Wanda appears behind her the same way she did Tony Stark at the start of Age of Ultron and implants a vision in her. Agatha is brought back to her coven trial, and Wanda brings back the dead witches to confront Agatha. However, the witches instead recognize Wanda as a Scarlet Witch and put her on the stake instead. As a Scarlet Witch crown appears on her head, Agatha says power isn't her problem, it's knowledge. She again promises if Wanda gives up her power, Agatha will let them live peacefully in Westview. Agatha does a lot of kind of bad stuff to Wanda, takes a lot of bad means, but I still don't know if she's that bad. There's still a part of me that thinks she just wants to take Wanda out because she does think Wanda is that dangerous and she's going to do whatever she can for it. She also has doesn't have a lot of remorse for like the kids and Vision because she understands that they are not real. I agree. I, I don't it's think she's a hero, but I don't think she's a full-on mustache-twirling wicked villain. I think she's self-serving, um, but also does understand that Wanda is dangerous. And I think we set her up to potentially be the Agatha we know from the comics, where she's there to assist Wanda. We just had to empower her first. Yeah, I. It could. You could read it in a couple ways. Uh, I mean, the fact that she wants to take Wanda's power is still a little uh, suspicious to me. Uh, like, what does she want to do with that power? Uh, that's that's a big question. That being said, they leave it open that she could, somewhere down the line, become, if not a full-fledged good guy, 
she could be an uneasy ally in the future if they need her, uh, which, you know, a, a Loki kind yeah, of Yeah, she's figure. female Loki, yes. Well, someone said Loki. earlier that she ended up teaching her without teaching her, right? Like, mm-hmm. she inadvertently, and this happens in, in, in hero versus villain stories a lot, especially in Marvel, where, like, mm-hmm. the villain will do something, the hero will learn from it, and because she is the Scarlet Witch, Wanda is a Scarlet Witch, so she is, despite her not even thinking she is a witch, she does have this inherent ability to witch things, right? Like, Agatha showed her some moves, and she retained that knowledge. And so, in a way, you still get Agatha as a mentor, and she maybe shot herself in the foot by telling her, like, why did she... I agree with Eduardo because there's so often where Agatha could have had the power to just end Wanda. She could have she could have killed her several times when she had no powers, uh, when the runes were surrounding Wanda. She could have struck her down when Wanda was opening up the hex so that the the townspeople could escape. Like she had several opportunities to to straight up murder Wanda. She did not take them and she ended up teaching her a bunch of things. Like why, why did she have to explain what runes were to Wanda? She could have just said, ah, your powers aren't working. That's kind of weird. <laughs> anyway, let's go through this door. Right. <laughs> like, so, so I think in a way, I think in a way she's still, I, I still think that she has sort of that. I remember 400 years ago when I wanted help and my mother wouldn't give me the help that I needed. And I think that you are in over your head with how much power you control because you don't know how to wield it. So here's some pointers, <laughs> you know? But also, if you can't handle that, I'm taking it away, you know? It's like you're taking... She wants to take the training wheels off of the bike, but she's also scared that if she does that, Wanda might get hurt or hurt other people, you know? Well, and there's like a line later on where Wanda says something to the effect of the difference between you and me is that I didn't know what I was doing. And I don't know if that logic tracks, to be 100% honest, because uh, regardless of whether Wanda is being painted as the hero in this story or because we have other sort of feelings towards her, it's that like uh, Kylo Ren kills Han Solo problem all over again mm-hmm. uh, but she does some really bad stuff wanda like enslaves this town for like quite some time and they all are doing awful whether the, she realizes she's doing it or not she at the very least understands that she has taken these people's free will away from them and so no i don't think so i i, I don't think that it's as simple as you knew what you were doing also if you're agatha and you understand that an entire town has been enslaved by a mythical entity that you're aware of that supposedly is going to bring ruin and destruction to the entire planet, you know, what else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you could go down a, you could go down a rabbit hole of that too, of if she knows that's what's happening, which I don't think she does because she's doing all of this detective work, right? But once she realizes this was happening, she also maybe could have done something about the citizens, right? She could have gotten them out of there. Good point. She's definitely not fully good because she could have been like, all right, women and children first, get on the lifeboats. But mm-hmm. but she didn't. Um, well, how do you get... I mean, maybe she doesn't have the power to get out. Yeah, maybe she doesn't. Right. Well, that I just think true. the way Eduardo parsed it of she's not that bad is the correct... Like, I agree with that exact statement. 
Yeah. She makes good points. And it was a very clever way of getting to what... So so we've now had this conversation on multiple episodes. Agatha's role in the comic has mostly been Wanda's instructor. And we were kind of thinking, are they going to have that at all? And if they are, how are they going to get to that? Well, that's what they did. They did get to her being Wanda's instructor through a sort of a creative uh, route, which is in general what I think the MCU does very well of having the spirit of these characters, but doing it a little bit differently, having an original take on, on, you know, almost like the thesis statement on this character is true just as much in 616 as it is in the MCU, but the body of work below that thesis is often unique. And I think that's, Agatha has been the same. Hmm? The thesis statement? Absolutely not. (laughs) I I I press A to get through the thesis statement as fast as possible. (laughs) The only thing that I I am curious about, and I hope that maybe um, there are just a lot of homes for sale in Westview, is if Wanda puts the spell on Agnes to be the nosy neighbor and she has to live in Westview now, is she just like, like they assumed Monica was doing in episode three, is she just kind of like living on the streets? Like where's she's, is she going to be right. a homeless person you in live Westview? here now? Where? That's not how homes yeah, work. Like, is she going to move in with her pseudo husband, Ralph Boner? Like <laughs> some of us aren't, some of us aren't dating rich androids that can just buy a house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like where, what's she going to do? I just, I hope that, uh, I hope that they find a nice place for her to live. <laughs> Agnes Boner. <laughs> Wanda breaks down the illusion, tells Agatha, take it, I don't want it, and begins throwing her magic at the ancient witch. Vision attempts to interfere and is blasted away. The two witches fly far above Westview, and Wanda's cast frequently miss the mark, striking the edges of the hex in dramatic explosions. Agatha absorbs more and more magic, and Wanda starts to decay further and weaken. Eventually, Agatha sucks the last of Wanda's magic, and the Scarlet Witch is left as a near corpse floating alone. Harkness tells Wanda once her spell restoring Westview and trapping Wanda there is cast, it can never be changed, and Westview will always be broken, just like her. She attempts to cast the spell, but is unable to perform any magic. After a pause, the focus on Wanda... The focus is on Wanda as her body starts to restore, then dramatically pans out, revealing ruins on the side of the hex Wanda placed with her missed shots. I called this as it was happening. You can ask yeah. Bailey. As she was attacking and things starting hitting the wall, I was like, she's putting runes. I didn't even think of it when I, I was watching I, it. I, I called it. I was like, I know what's happening. This is what's happening. Cat I was watching it at too. 6 in the morning, so I didn't think anything about anything. Cat <laughs> knew it too. <laughs> And started to say she's hitting the wall for a reason, then stopped herself because she knows that I would be upset if she told me. But Kat also. <laughs> I can't believe you spoiled this two seconds before we found out. <laughs> well, it's Our just th- that reveal was so good. Like, I wouldn't it have wanted it. was. The way the camera shifts, yes. and all of a sudden you see this giant rune behind her. Reciting Agatha's words from the previous episode about only the witch who cast the runes in a given space being able to cast the magic, Wanda tells her, thanks for the lesson, but I don't need you to tell me who I am. Wanda reverses Agatha's absorption, taking Harkness's magic and her own back, creating a full MCU take on the Scarlet Witch costume for the first time as she does, which looks so cool. Holy crap, it looks good. Holy crap. Oh, it's so great. 
I think we talked. Did we talk about last week how Joss Whedon had promised that she'd never have to wear the costume? No. Like when he hired her for Agent, yeah, yeah. I think I this conversation did. was somebody. Yeah, but Joss Whedon said you'll never have to wear the comics costume. Don't worry, because um, the comics costume is pretty revealing. Mm-hmm. Well, this costume, first of all, looks amazing. Second of all, is less revealing than stuff that she has worn, like in the movies. Right. Before that's the thing. It is. It is simultaneously cool. And evokes the Scarlet Witch without being like a little bit over the top, and it's uh, uh, oh, no, no, it's no. a bit really more lullabodied. This guy's <laughs> no. oh no, we are not talking about lullabody. <laughs> not on our Goosebumps podcast. Not no. on our Michigan Chillers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> On the ground in Westview, Wanda tells Agatha she's going to restore her as the nosy neighbor and leave her to live in Westview. Agatha tells Wanda she has no idea how powerful she is and that Wanda will need her. Wanda says if she does, she knows where to find her. She turns Agatha into Agnes and says, I'll be seeing you. As the WandaVision family reunites, Vision says, I know you'll set everything right, just not for us. At this moment, I turned to my wife and I said, oh, I can't take what's coming. I'm not ready for this. The forehead home as the hex begins to shrink, restoring the real world outside as it does. At home, Vision and Wanda tuck in Tommy and Billy. Vision tells them how proud they are of them, and Wanda says a family is forever. After kissing them goodnight, the parents leave, and Wanda stops to say, Boys, thank you for choosing me to be your mom, as the hex closes in. Finally, Vision and Wanda start saying their goodbyes in the iconic WandaVision living room. Vision asks Wanda what he is, and she tells him he is a part of the Mind Stone that lives inside her, representing her sadness and her hope, but mostly, he's her love. It sounds like I'm crying, but my there's something in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Getting choked up. Yeah, uh-huh. good excuse. After a kiss goodbye and a tear from Vision, he says, "I have been a voice within a body, a body but not human, and now a memory made real. Who knows what I might be next?" In the last moment, Vision says. You've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason. Without with Wanda finishing, we'll say hello again. The Vision residence goes through all its many forms as the hex collapses and Vision disappears, finally leaving Wanda alone on an empty lot. I know, let's just take a moment, everyone. Oh, my God. That... I am so glad we finally got Vision crying. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been waiting for that for a long time. The Even an android can cry moment. And, oh, just, I don't know. I'm a sucker for bittersweet endings, so. Robbie, what do you think? This hurt really bad. Like, like really bad. Uh, I knew it was coming when it was getting there as soon as they started walking home. I First off, I don't know how you can be out there on social media trying to tear down the writing for this show because this was hard to watch but incredible writing i I, has the mcu ever performed emotion like this i don't think so i don't on this level i don't think so um this was raw and real and like chris said bittersweet it wasn't you know abusive of the audience it wasn't mean-spirited um it was wistful and um loving but also hard and sad and just the emotion here is just so powerful in a way that I don't think off the top of my head, I cannot think of the MCU ever doing. And it's, it's wild to me. I, 
And it was done in a way, so, and we know that there's some hope out there with, with white vision and that sort of thing. We, we all kind of discussed, especially Eduardo brought it up, I believe, on the last episode, that we were going to get here. We were going to get Wanda saying goodbyes, and it was going to be tragic. And it was going to be sad. And they did that. And I think they managed to make it real in a way that I felt, even though I knew it was coming, while also making it less, somehow more hopeful than I thought. But just regardless, just so strong. And I, my single biggest fear in life is losing my wife. Like that is my single, the single biggest terror is having to say goodbye to my spouse. Um, and as, as you guys know, and, and several, several of us and several of our listeners have probably experienced the same thing. Um, I have also gone through losing someone close and another fear I have more of a nightmare when I'm asleep, but is seeing that person again but knowing it's brief and having to say goodbye again like what wanda's gone through is absolutely something that i have had i have laid awake at night thinking of seeing that person again getting to say things and talk to them and then just having to see them leave again that is a horrifying um, thought i think to most people who have suffered traumatic loss and so i i'm certain i'm not alone in that and they hit it way 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 too perfectly for like my comfort level but that's because it was well done um i don't know it was it was crushing now that now that we've gotten to it i don't really know how much i want to talk about it but it was just done incredibly well this is emotion that like i said i don't think a superhero uh piece of entertainment has covered before and if it has i can't think of it you know, some of the great, the best things about media in general is they can take emotions and uh, times and things in your life that can sometimes be small and put them on a grand stage so that you can see it in a much larger scope. Um, this show ta- uh, tackles grief incredibly well, mm-hmm. and it tackles it in a way that's um, respectful and it's really interesting. Um, when I see Wanda standing there, with vision um, or what is essentially just the memory of vision that she's created for yourself. It just reminds me of um, if anyone's ever gone through grief, there's a point where you're just sitting alone at your house and you're just thinking about this person that you lost and you want to stay at home. You want to just sit there and think about them and you want to do nothing else because that's the closest you'll ever get to them again. But there's a certain point where you have to realize that this is just a memory of this person and the person's gone, and you're going to have to just accept that. And this, it, 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 it does it in such a beautiful way in WandaVision. It's really incredible. And I think it demonstrates one of the strengths on a, just kind of a technical level, of being able to do TV series now. Because it gives you so much more time to grow and experience the relationships that are here. And the themes can play out across several hours as opposed to in a movie sure. and and i think that's a strength of of this particular form of storytelling and it's one of the reasons it's really exciting to see marvel branching out in that way because up until this point wandan vision's relationship was sort of vaguely defined in the movies it felt like a lot of the uh growth had happened between movies and this is something that we've actually talked about before on this on this podcast is how Sometimes, like, 
the big relationship stuff happens off screen during the movies because you can't really devote a lot of time when you only have two two and a half hours and just the storytelling possibilities of being able to do these disney plus miniseries basically these uh, or limited series however we want to phrase it we really got to experience wanda and vision's relationship to the point where i i love these characters in a way i always liked them i didn't love them i love these characters now they have become some of my favorite characters in this whole series this whole marvel cinematic universe uh just because we got to really get to know them they got depth and development that they never would have gotten because they you know maybe they will now but they were never going to make a scarlet witch movie they were never Mm going to make a vision movie uh but a wandavision series like this it's it's made us you know really feel for these characters empathize with these characters and i i never thought that i would get teary-eyed watching wanda and vision you know that i i didn't think that would i mean i was certainly moved and and hurt a lot during that scene in infinity war of course but this uh, it was just a whole other level i i just was you know my my eyes were were, were watering watching it definitely and i'm real glad we got to experience this yeah just on the record since i've been pretty quiet I agree with everything that you all said. I could say a lot that uh, accompanies this, but I will not. So I would like to uh, keep my salty water in my face. (laughs) (laughs) That's a beautiful turn of phrase. (laughs) Thank you. I like what you said about the uh, long form giving more chance for the characters to develop, because I think it also just lends itself to the medium a little more of comic books in general, right? Like Mm -hmm. it lends itself to when you're reading a comic book, you're reading several issues and you get to really know characters so that when something incredible and, and, and heartbreaking happens, like the death of, um, uh, I keep, I, it's Felicia day is in my head, but it's not Felicia day. It's the death of, um, girl from Spider-Man, the death of Gwen Stacy. I don't know why Felicia day was was in my head. (laughs) And it was the only name coming to mind. Yeah, she's a redhead. (laughs) (laughs) But stuff like that wouldn't be as emotional handled in one property, most likely, like in one episode, which is why probably why the Amazing Spider-Man things didn't do so well, Uh, because it just couldn't handle that in in, in that amount of time frame. You couldn't get the development with the character enough for it to really... Not not when you also have to devote time to, and here's where this villain comes from, and here's this, and here's this. In a comic book or on a TV show, you can... And one of my favorite comic issues is from... And I think I've talked about this before. Peter Parker, and the, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. The entire issue is just a conversation between Peter and J. Jonah Jameson at Jameson's apartment. Just conversation. You couldn't devote 20 minutes to a conversation in a movie like that. I mean, I would watch that. You, if it was... Uh, I would. J.K. Simmons, I'd watch that. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, and we've talked about how we would love to see stuff like that. I, I think even in Age of Ultron, I think we Same. all agreed as as iffy as a lot of people are on the movie, the party scene is great. Or, or going hopping universes a little bit, the Dark Knight, the scene of uh, the interrogation scene, Batman and Joker, is the best part of that movie. You know, and that's just conversation. But you do a long form storytelling like 
a comic book series or a television series. You could have an episode. You, I, I would watch a bottle episode of WandaVision that was just the characters talking and working through their feelings. Isn't that because that can be WandaVision, to be honest? What's that? Isn't that just most episodes of WandaVision? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. But yeah, that, that's that, that that's the point I'm getting at though is that you can do that in this show or or in this medium. And I really look forward to future Disney Plus series, you know, embracing the opportunities that are afforded to them by uh, by being television series as opposed to movies. Wander makes her way out of Westview and angry stares with angry stares from the residents. Monica stops her, saying the residents won't understand what Wanda sacrificed to end the hex, and that she won't also abuse her powers, uh, like that she would also abuse her powers like Wanda's to bring her mom back and doesn't hate her. Wanda apologizes for all the pain she's caused, vowing to learn how to use her powers, and flies off as the FBI arrives, ending WandaVision. We then get the credits, a mid-credits scene. An FBI agent brings Monica into the Westview Theater to tell Monica a friend of her mother's sent the agent. Revealing herself to be a scroll, the agent says the friend would like to meet her with would like to meet with Monica. When Monica asks where, the scroll points to space. Or the attic. We're not really sure. Yeah, it could just be the attic. <laughs> the top just appears. Yeah. So it's we're it's most likely Nick Fury. Could also be Talos, but most yeah, likely most likely Nick Fury. Yeah. Which I, I called last episode, remember. That Uncle That's Nick true. was gonna come calling. And they'll rebuild sword. I also thought okay. that in the first part of that uh, that first scene, her saying that because um, they quickly wrap up the three side characters like their arcs, and her saying "power looks good on you, Jimmy," also almost makes me think that Jimmy is going to be the person put in place of Tyler Hayward after he gets arrested. Jimmy Woo, director of Sword. I, oh, I'd be down with that. That'd be cool. I I would like it a lot personally. Well, he did look good on him. He he looked very competent running that. Uh, uh, he's he's kind of a joke character in Ant Man the Wasp, but he's been shown to be a very competent agent mm-hmm. in this. And his show. heart is in the right place about basically everything. Yeah, and he's a good person. He could do it. I think he could do it. Yeah. There's, yeah. I, one one small thing I was kind of disappointed with was that I wish that Darcy would have had a better send off. I like that she got to be the one that pinned yeah Tyler Hayward in the truck, but then that's all we got of Darcy and I yeah, felt like he was just kind of forgotten. I just love Cat Dennings and I wanted more. I have a not not really conspiracy theory, uh, but there's a possibility. I know that production of this show was shut down because of COVID. And they were able to finish production later, but under, you know, quarantine guidelines, CDC guidelines. And I'm wondering if it's possible that maybe Kat Dennings was not, didn't have the availability. Yep. It's just a, you know, they they made it work definitely, but it does feel like maybe there was more for her and they just couldn't make it work given the scheduling. Yeah, that's, honestly, that's kind of what it feels like. We had... A couple w- words inside of a vehicle that was almost felt like a cameo and then a mm-hmm. hand wave for why she isn't at the end line exactly which is what it feels yeah. like when people are unable to be there through part of production so yeah not ideal but that didn't detract too much from the finale but yeah. i agree love darcy and i want more of her and 
you know, I hope I hope we see her and Jimmy Woo both back. We know we're getting more Photon, but I, w- I would love more of Jimmy and Darcy as well. Also, when did um, when did Jimmy Woo get arrested by Sword? Jimmy Woo? Yeah, must have happened. At some off. point, he's being brought in with handcuffs. Oh yeah, yeah. And then who? Hayward or, or Woo? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that, right. Oh, yeah, Jimmy yeah. Woo. That's right. They yeah, bring we him never in see handcuffs. that. We never see his arrest. We never see. Eh, just a side note. Well, that sounds like a plot hole. If they don't show yeah. us something happening, it didn't happen. Easter egg. <laughs> Post credits: an alone cottage in the mountains. Wanda sits drinking sits drinking tea in her pajamas, while her astral projection in costume rapidly studies the dark hold. In the distance, she hears Billy and Tommy screaming for help. Did y'all catch the music in that scene? No. As she's floating there, reading the dark hold, astrally projected. As we've seen one other character do, we hear a kind of slow and scary version of the Doctor Strange. Interesting. You just kind of get da 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 da, and then it like, then you hear Billy and Tommy, and her eyes go red, and it ends. So that was a that was really cool. You know, I know that Doctor Strange's movie was an origin story, but I was remembering back to when we did that episode and um my main issue with it was that his origin story movie felt extremely rushed to me that he like knew nothing about magic he was uh he he didn't think it existed and then one rocky montage moment later and he is the sorcerer supreme master of magic in the whole universe he's the best around nothing's gonna ever keep him down (laughs) so they had to they had to do that in his movie because it was his origin story whatever how they got from point a to point b we're not talking about that in depth anymore but because of the way that we've known wanda for a while and this was a tv series and it ended with that post-credit scene I know it's it's like apples to oranges for comparison, but I like that a lot better because now it's a vague amount of time between the time we last saw Wanda in that cottage and whenever we'll see her in the future. And that gives her plenty of time, not in a four-second montage, to master everything that she is learning about herself. And I just like that a lot better. Mm-hmm. I know it's way different. It's not even really fair to compare. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought it was cool. For that reason also we've already kind of discussed that wanda was maybe the strongest person in the mcu like what is she now the next time we see yeah. scarlet witch what power level <laughs> and then i'm guessing so we also talked about on captain marvel we talked about with her powers every time we see captain marvel now the story is going to have to be some sort of like how do we not have captain marvel just solve the story in an instant and sort of what sort of writing, and you need to do that with Doctor Strange a little bit. I feel like with Wanda, it's kind of built in of like not necessarily being able to control that power. Uh, I mm-hmm. feel like you have a very easy out in overpowering her. And if the Scarlet, we we still don't know much about what the Scarlet Witch means mm-hmm. in the MCU. We've got a little bit of what Agatha's told us, but we have not read the Darkhold. We just know that she says that. First of all, I thought this was very interesting. The Scarlet Witch is forged, not born. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm still curious what that means. She doesn't need a coven. She wields more power than the Sorcerer Supreme. And she's destined to destroy the world. Which, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
nothing wild about that. Yeah. Come on. Which, again, people have talked about, is there still a chance for somewhere down the line a uh, dark Scarlet Witch kind of story? Uh, I'm a little nervous because I'm almost getting Phoenix Force vibes uh, from this, and we have gotten two bad movies about that. <laughs> But I also see Marvel being like, we'll just do it with the Scarlet Witch, because when we finally do X-Men, we are not doing a third Phoenix Force movie. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm very curious to see where, where this goes. How is this going to tie in with Doctor Strange? I, I'm hoping that we still, that we are, for the most part, good Wanda. But it's going to be interesting seeing how can she handle this power? Can she pull a Hellboy and defy the destiny that is written for her in evil books shape-shifting evil books yeah do we think all right hear me out here so uh, a lot of the wanda and vision story is about wanda teaching vision his humanity and how to be more of a human and what if this ends in the other direction where Wanda has taken on so much power that she begins to lose her own humanity and more of like a, a god type persona and it is now Vision's turn to teach Wanda about her humanity? I don't dislike that because okay. I don't think that this ending necessarily proves that Wanda will not do bad things in the future. It is mm -hmm. the dark hold she's reading after all. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, I think that'd be a cool way to bring vision back into the equation again. Um, of course it's white vision and you know, maybe he'll get a paint job or something, but no, I, I think that would be cool. I could dig that. Yeah. Ratings, Chris, what are you going to rate episode nine of WandaVision? Episode nine. I'm going to give it nine replaced wooden planks out of 10. Um, how about uh, how about you, Eduardo? I'm gonna give it nine Ralph Boners out of ten. <laughs> Peach, hold on. I've been looking at you, or I've been looking at that written down, and you saying it out loud was just funnier than reading it. Okay, I also gave this episode nine bodies of wire and blood out of ten. Robbie, uh, completing the theme, I gave the episode nine tears out of 10 that is in keeping with the ralph boner theme yes <laughs> so there are a lot of theories as we kind of went through this how do we we've kind of talked about this a little bit when peach's point but uh how do we feel about our theories and how they kind of ended up for me most of my theories are like didn't come true and i'm cool with it same i like some of the stuff i got right uh i i don't know how easy or difficult it was to predict some of the things that I did end up getting right, but I really liked seeing the visual effects of when battles are taking place or something crazy is happening, the town switching between different eras of the sitcom. I thought that was cool to see. And the whole thing about Agatha faking it in the car and the dog detective thing I thought was cool. Um, I will be forever sort of uh, sad that the surveillance stork... <laughs> theory could, was right but there it could will be a chapter about that stork in the dark hold we don't know that's true there could yeah or there could I, be a whole separate other book called the stork hold i would be i would be so shocked if we ever saw that stork ever again uh so <laughs> on the contrary i think it's gonna be in guardians 3 <laughs> maybe maybe it gets a, a weapon and it fights alongside rocket <laughs> it's howard the duck's girlfriend yeah 
Oh. I'm having trouble even remembering. Nice. Like, I think I got so unattached to our theories that I don't even remember. I think one of the things that I'm more is it feels like, remember when we thought Dottie was so important and now she was in one other episode and that was it. Or I mean the commercials, there was so much, even if you guys think we spent a lot of time on what could the commercials mean? You should see the internet because everyone thought the commercials were were, at the end. We're going to have this thing about, Oh my God, the commercial was saying it all along. Really? No, they were just fun references. That's, which yeah, is they, totally fine. They were, they were thematically important in the mm-hmm. sense of Wanda's journey from beginning to mm-hmm. end. But well, and Nexus, clue. the we had the Nexus yeah, commercial, Nexus really which we cool. thought was going to be spelling out something that's coming, and really, maybe it was just more of a comics reference, which is fine. Which, but, yeah. <laughs> but very. I don't know that we give up on that one yet. With a movie called Multiverse, yeah, of quite possibly Nexus is still going to be about something coming. Um, yeah. But it's just very interesting. My least favorite internet theory on the commercials was that all of them were definitely, obviously, references to each of the Infinity Stones. So, okay. I still don't understand. Yeah, I saw an article so that said that. This is what that article said. It was yeah. like, let me see if I can remember these correctly. Oh, yeah, I remember you sending this. I got mad, too. <laughs> the toaster one, it said that the toaster one was the Mind Stone because Vision had the Mind Stone in his head, and John Byrne called him a toaster. Uh, <laughs> it, said, it said that the... Okay, wait, wait, can I just say, that was the most obvious commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides um, maybe it said the watch commercial was the Time Stone. Okay, if you started, if you led with that, you might have hooked me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the commercial after that? Help me remember. The what? Tiger Soak. Oh, the Hydra Soak, they said, was the Space Stone because the soap was a blue bar and it looked like, and it was a cube. Ah! So it looked like the Tesseract. <laughs> they said that, that the, level. they said the Lagos Wipes were the Reality Stone because it was like a red liquid, which we also kind of brought up. So, okay, maybe two out of four. Okay, slightly. but I have a rebuttal to what you just said once you finish. They well, said that the... the Captain America Civil War. <laughs> they said the shark commercial with the yogurt was the soul stone because of a decaying body. But wouldn't it be the opposite if it was the soul stone? And then once there wasn't a power stone commercial, the whole theory fell apart because the next commercial was the Nexus. Right. So So and and we discussed this elsewhere. I had found I, theory. I had so the very first episode we brought up, could these be the infinity stones? And that's how we brought it up. It's like could this be this? Maybe this is this. Yes, we do this spaghetti at the wall thing, but then it was like, as we moved on, yeah, okay, so they're not the Infinity Stones. Whatever. Who cares? As recently as last week, I found an article saying the the prevailing wisdom is that the commercials represent the win- Infinity Stones. But with this latest commercial, could it be possible that they are also representing moments in Wanda's life? And if that's the case, <laughs> if that's the case, the one commercial that doesn't fit is what is Hydra Soak? It's Hydra. Don't over like, oh my God, you, yeah. the four of us overthought this show. And yet I feel like underthought this show compared to the rest of the, the community, because like the prevailing theory was that they're the infinity. Zone. No, that was something that, because one of them said time, it seems like that's possibility. 
Why is that the prevailing theory? What are you people doing? Why are you watching these in chronological order? I just don't <laughs> understand. And so, and it's not hard. Why is Hydra so hard to fit? It's Hydra. It's that's it. It's Hydra. The end. I can't wait till the new the new Reddit post where all of the different things are put in chronological order, and you have to watch uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, oh, no. and then Captain I know where Marvel, you're going. and then you have to watch the uh, flashback sequence from the eighth episode of WandaVision, mm-hmm. and then you have to watch. Right. Iron Man, like, uh. Also, while we were recording, one of our listeners asked us to do a PSA for all of our listeners, for all of the rest of our listeners, which is PSA, do not advise any of your friends to begin the MCU in chronological order. That's, stop it. All of you need to stop. This has to be ended immediately. If you've already watched them, watch them in whatever order you want to. But, But the movies are certainly designed to be watched that... You know, if you watch Captain America before you watch everything else, okay, that's maybe a little bit less. Nick Fury is going to be a confusing guy. Uh, Howard Stark is not going to mean anything to you. If you watch Captain Marvel before you watch anything else, none of that's going to make sense, especially when she shows up in this room where all these people you've never seen before are staring at her beeper (laughs) um, and things and looking at, a list of people who vanished. That's not going to make any sense to you at all. (laughs) And I'll go one further. If it's your first time watching, watching whatever order you want, someone can give you some advice, but whatever. If you know that you just want to watch the Avengers movies, instead of watching all of these, just watch the Avengers movies. Who cares? Absolutely. Yeah. However, the problem is in telling people, Oh, chronological is actually the correct. That is again, just the theme of this episode. Stop overthinking things. Stop it. This is partially brought on. I saw a tweet last night. Uh, a writer that I follow on Twitter is doing an MCU rewatch, and he's watching them in release order. You know, that's how I've done most of my rewatches from like the beginning. I think that's the only way I've ever actually said oh, I'm going to watch them all. I'm going to watch them. I just watch them in release order. But someone asked him from the beginning, and the guy says, "Yeah, in release order." And the, and this guy replies, "Any particular reason ah! you're watching them in release order, not chronological?" And the thing that struck me is like. It's not any a particular thing. reason. Is there any particular reason you're eating breakfast in the morning? <laughs> yeah. not late? And you can eat breakfast for dinner. Uh, it's absolutely fine. But it doesn't but need to be justified. Then your husband's muscle choked to death. Yeah, I don't know, maybe and, the reason? <laughs> any particular reason? Yeah, any particular reason that you didn't read uh, The Silmarillion before you read Lord of the Rings? Cannot advise. Uh, you know. By the way, I, I want to go back to the Hydra Soap commercial real quick because I was rewatching, and the one thing that we were a little we speculated about was what does the tagline mean? The tagline being "Unleash Your Inner Goddess," and it makes sense in hindsight oh, yeah. that when she was at the Hydra facility, she had that vision of the Scarlet Witch. That so yeah, in hindsight, you know, it makes sense after having watched the entire series. It's still not clear and how I think that, that episode, something- how that commercial fits. Yeah, and I think that was something that we talked about, like in broad terms, not knowing that the Scarlet Witch was going to be a thing, but the, about how the Hydra experimentation was what unleashed her powers, right. uh, her godlike powers. So, so we were we were we were on the right track there, and it actually turns out that it perhaps I think I think it's a very valid interpretation that it's specifically referring to the Scarlet Witch vision that she had there. Um, so 
actual foreshadowing for a change. Not us making fun of foreshadowing, right. but actual foreshadowing. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. It does happen sometimes. All right. We haven't done this in a while. MVPs. Robbie, we'll start with you. Who's your MVP for WandaVision? Uh, I felt like this was silly as I thought about it for two seconds. It's it's Wanda. No offense to Vision, but Wanda... I, I had no clue how good um, Elizabeth Olsen was as an actress. Like, I certainly thought she was fine in everything else I've seen her in, but I had no clue how good she was going to be. Uh, and then her character is cool and has an interesting story. Um, she should get every award that exists. I don't pay attention to awards, so I don't know what they are, but she should get all of them. What about you, Peach? She got one award in WandaVision. It was the funniest comedy act of Westview. First one. Yeah, that's true. Good yep. Good point. She got that, yeah. Right. Uh, I also gave it to the Sokovian fortune teller herself, Wanda Maximoff. I feel like, you're right, we haven't done this in a while, but I distinctly remember a lot of times when we go... Uh, man, it sucks for all the other actors and actresses because they did a great job, but this one just did so much better. That's kind of how I feel here, too. Um, I really loved everyone that was in this show, uh, but it's it's a story about Wanda, and she just... Man, I can't get over all the different times you guys pointed out how well she adapted to the sitcom that she was being portrayed in Mm -hmm. specifically the modern family one um i went back and saw some clips of the mom from modern family and it's like it's like she came in and played and they then superimposed uh, um (laughs) elizabeth olsen over top of all these dots on her face and (laughs) yeah and so i i think it goes to her with a special peaches edition shout out to jimmy woo doing a card trick <laughs> chris herb eduardo no, i'm kidding um <laughs> what i wrote was give give elizabeth olsen an emmy give katherine hahn a supporting actress emmy uh so i mean elizabeth olsen carries this show and does such an incredible job adapting and i i do want to say paul bettany also did an incredible job as well I, it just, I think so much of the emotional story was on Elizabeth Olsen's sh- shoulders that she deserved it. But Catherine Hahn just is always brilliant. Uh, so, you know, I got to give her a special shout out. But Miss Olsen. Eduardo, what do you got? What do we know? Eduardo's going to be the one that's going to be different from everyone. Wow. How did anyone un- uh, predict? How could anyone have predicted this was going to happen? I. Really liked Wanda in this, but I liked Vision just a little more. I really liked everything Paul Bettany was doing here. Um, I know I just think it's so interesting to see his range from Age of Ultron all the way through WandaVision. I mean, I gotta agree with uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes in this whole series was the magic scene the uh, him doing the magic act and that he was just fantastic in that too he plays comedy so well so yeah you can't really argue like it, it'd be hard to argue against paul bettany too yeah. he just man i love these two yeah I, I i don't think you're wrong i just slightly disagree but but i i can't fault anyone for saying that paul bettany was MVP because he was fantastic. Where do we think this fits in the MCU? Uh, it feels 
just like uh, Far From Home did, this feels like a launching point for Phase 4 of the MCU. We're already starting to see some of the heavy hitters of Phase 4. We see Monica as either Photon or Spectrum. We see the new Scarlet Witch. We've got White Vision out there now. Like It feels like they really are reassembling a new cast of Avengers, little by little. And it just feels like you think about we had a strong dude with a shield and a guy with a clunky suit of armor and a man who couldn't control his rage and like our hev- our our MCU heroes now are uh, powerful, like severely upgraded, yes, right? Yeah, <laughs> we- I'm interested in like I I can't wait for future us to be talking about the works that were before COVID supposed to come out prior to WandaVision because I'm curious how long this setup takes and what those other movies would have done, other movies and shows would have done if we would have already had the story of Black Widow, if we would have already had Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was supposed to happen before this. Um, I wonder, I've, I've wondered about this since they changed the order is what don't we know? What should we have known, if anything, going in? Um, and what now that we know everything that we know about WandaVision, does that change the way we're going to see things in these other movies? My guess is that none of it really matters between those three works. Mm-hmm. Um, none of it really correlates between the three, or else they wouldn't have switched up the order. Yeah, I feel like this would have made us wait longer. Yeah, they're but, clearly okay with rearranging them. Yeah. I, you know... I this establish a lot of new lore for magic in the MCU, which I think is interesting. And it's really put our characters in some interesting jumping off points for going forward while still being, uh, you know, I don't think anyone can say, Oh, one division was just set up for future stuff. This was definitely its own story that left a few breadcrumbs for the future, which is what the MCU at its best does tells you a complete story, but then also leaves just enough to make you go, okay, but I'd like to see what happens next. Uh, I would like to pitch something to you. Uh, we t- Angela and I were talking this morning about how there is the piece of the Mind Stone that lives in Wanda, and that might be the missing piece that Vision has, because we don't get to see what this new Vision is like. And he says, I'm Vision, and flies away. So we very well could get emotionless Vision in the future, which could be awkward when they finally reunite but we still haven't really paid off all the work that shuri was doing on vision in infinity war as well so what if there is another series somewhere down the line not a wandavision season two i don't think they can ever do wandavision again uh, because it wouldn't be wandavision without all the sitcom stuff but perhaps some characters who don't normally come together including our dear scarlet witch maybe the scientist uh princess of wakanda shuri all these people could encounter this this white vision and try to bring him back perhaps on some sort of a vision quest and we could have a vision quest series and it wouldn't be john burns vision quest obviously obviously they drew some stuff from vision quest for this but they can use use the name vision quest and that can be a, a show about them trying to bring the full vision back with his emotions and everything. And then we can finally, it could be a WandaVision sequel series of, of a sort and give us that happy ending that 
you know, we're hoping for down the line. All right. What are we going to rate the series WandaVision? Peach, we'll start with you. Oh, the pressure. All right. I'll just say I love this series. Um, it basically had everything I like in a show. Uh, the mystery, the the laughs, the sadness, the hitting you, the hit, hit you in the feels. I might slightly disagree with there couldn't be a second season because I think it'd be cool to have another season or maybe at least like spinoff fun episodes here and there of them living their lives in between the days we saw in different sitcom styles. But all of that being said, I almost rated it a 10, but I rated it nine and a half Marvel presents black mirrors out of 10 because rip Stevie, the surveillance stork. Mm. Chris, this is one of my favorite things that Marvel has ever put out. I loved it. It was unique. It was interesting. It was weird. It was emotional. It told a great story from beginning to end. It fully embraced the medium and and those first few sitcom episodes just what a weird concept for a show and they did it they did it and and also the experience of watching it weekly with all of you and and getting to talk about it and theorize about it i think was a big part of enjoying the experience of the show as well i'm interested for people who come to it later later on when they're you know discovering the mcu for themselves or you know, or if people introducing it to their children someday saying, hey, I really like this, this thing. And then you sit down and watch it. But you can mention, I'm curious, you know, how that will be received then. But for me, 10 flourishes out of 10. Robbie. I liked everything that the two of y'all just said. Um, the show did a fantastic arc, not just not the story, but like the actual presentation to start with these surreal sitcom homage episodes and end with a full-scale mcu altercation uh was a very interesting take uh i agree with uh chris that it's one of the the best things the mcu has ever done i struggled a lot with the rating and so an addendum i wanted to put before the rating and i think this can go for everyone is rating this is more difficult than our previous uh episodes every other thing we have done prior to this is something that we have seen before has been a part of the zeitgeist already for a while that we have thought about, talked about with our friends, and then did a podcast on as we went through the MCU. This is the first time we have had to rate something fresh, uh, which yeah. I think can be kind of difficult. I, I very much think that my feelings on WandaVision can change over time. Uh, so we'll see about that as we one day create an MCU retrospective on an MCU retrospective and get to WandaVision. Uh, so what I'm going to say is I was very close to attend, but I felt like I, I need to sit for a while before I say, oh, this was perfect. Uh, so I went with 9.5 cathode rays out of 10. Uh, Eduardo, who side are you on? What? I'm on my Between side. Between perfect and almost perfect. I'm on my side, and I'm not going to justify it anyway. I'm giving WandaVision 9.5 non-existent Reed Richards out of 10. Take it or leave it. <laughs> That's a lot of no Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah, it's nine and a half of them. Just his legs. Just his stretchy All legs. All I've ever known is the absence. <laughs> what oh is gosh. half of Reed Richards if he can expand himself? Uh. How much is half? Oh, dear. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required, <laughs> an MCU retrospective. 
just a sh- just a heads up for everybody, for all of our listeners, we're going to be taking the week off because right after next week, we're going to sail right into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and you boys need a break. We went mm-hmm. hard through this series, and we're going to go hard through uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so we need a, just a week to refresh ourselves, and then we'll be back. So do not expect an episode next week, but we'll be back the week afterwards for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you want to send us an email, go ahead and email the show at uh, assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us a, a tweet, follow us on Twitter at assemblycast. You can follow us all individually, D underscore peaches, GatorSax2010, PhilKid3, ABCD Eduardo1. That's going to do it for myself, for Robbie, for Peach, for Chris. We love you 3,000. Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Boobly, boobly. Boner. gentlemen. We're well equipped to deal with the usual one, though I know better than to disregard your might. Speak for yourself, Asterius. I, for one, know only pure contempt for this foul demon and his underhanded fighting style, a style we shall easily dismantle now.